George, it's only been like a week since our last one. Yep. Can you believe it? Yeah. And in that, but a lot has happened this last week. Yeah, this in this last week, dude. What's up with the Lakers, man? Mm. I am. Uh, well, kudos to Denver. Kudos to the Miami Heat. I know you're yeah, because you have some personal connection there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, you just have to tip your cap when a team, and I think you know, whenever whenever somebody looks at Denver and the way that they've gone about their business and Miami, um, the way that they've developed their players and stuff like that, um, I'd love to see more teams do that. You know, um, teach teach their uh, you know, bring up instead of just chasing superstars and trying to fill a t- fill a team around them really develop players and, and put together an actual team and give coaches time with that team. Um, so um, I'm not mad about uh, losing to, uh, to Denver, and maybe that'll keep the Lakers a little bit honest in uh, how they approach things moving forward. Yeah, man. You know, and let's get something straight. I am a Lakers fan. First and foremost, I'm a Lakers fan. However, this iteration of the Lakers, I'm not really a big fan of. Mm-hmm. So... We'll see what the future brings for that. It's like drum corps, man. You know, sometimes there's cores you like. Yeah. But you don't like the staff. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There's, I don't think there's ever been really any staff I haven't liked. Other than, uh, yeah, we just won't get into it. <clears throat> Never. We'll just leave it at that. So with that in mind, yeah, dude, we are lucky to have a recent age out of uh, from drum corps. Yep. And did he just age out of WGI as well? Absolutely. He's, he's now done, done, finally. And and here's what I'll say. I was actually thinking about this. The last two guests that we've had, Rob, um, both on the podcast, sort of on the record, talked about how they're not really bass drum people. Yeah. Um, and just so for your benefit, right, because you're a bass drum guy, um, we have somebody who is most definitely a bass drum person. Yes. This week. 100%. Um should we go ahead and, and bring him in? Go ahead. I know he's a former student of yours. So, so, so this is what I'll say is I think most of our audience will uh, no, no doubt remember uh, this person from the legendary 2018 Odyssey Indoor Percussion Line. <laughs> um, he also, I mean, I guess we could bring up that he also marched Vanguard and he also like, you know, won back-to-back gold medals with Pulse. And I, I'm, you know, we can mention that as well. Um, but let's go ahead and welcome Jacob Wetzel to the Drum Corps Coffee Shop podcast. Welcome to the shop. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Jacob, what's up, man? I'm excited. This is cool. This yeah, is a yeah. whole setup. Hey, uh, so right now with you, are you still in school? Or are you finished with school? You just finished, because you go to Fullerton, correct? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm actually, I'm repping right now. Um, yeah, I go to Cal State Fullerton right now. I'm a music ed major with a focus in percussion, um, and uh I just have my recital, but I have another year of coursework left ahead of me. So another year before I graduate. Of general ed or just like percussion stuff? Uh, Mainly, actually a lot of my percussion stuff is gone because I just did my recital. So I'm going to be doing mainly like music ed courses. So specifically regarding um, like adolescent development and how that plays into how you should handle your classroom and how to structure certain things as well as... Um, a couple more advanced like theory courses and then like music education specifically like conducting um, how different education things play into a music classroom specifically so is your end goal like a teacher or do you want to be on the performance side well that's the yeah that's been the interesting thing um, 
recently, actually, like in the past couple months, that's been kind of changing because I thought I was going to be going pretty directly into like sort of like a band director more position. That was what I sort of pictured myself doing for a long time. But um, recently, like certain drumline gigs, like performing things have started popping up for me, which is not something that I thought I would have the opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm now like actively pursuing because the idea of that is actually really exciting to me. So that's been a shift, um, literally in, I mean, since the end of March. So it was really, it was really recent, um, Mm -hmm. that that started happening. Um, so my next couple years in my head look a lot differently. So I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I'm going to be doing. And that's, you know, and it's like, that's okay because that's what this part of your life is about right. It's about figuring out those kinds of things, and you know, uh, you want to have like a nice um, path that you're pursuing, but but remaining open because you know, do you even know all of the opportunities or possibilities that are out there for you? Right, you haven't even probably begun to discover as you as you sort of go into each thing. Um, you'll be like, oh, I didn't even know this existed. Yeah, like I could go and do this. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's, uh, that's exciting. I mean, we remember what that was like when we were your age and stuff. So, um, that's super, super exciting. And I think for anybody who knows you, um, you know, we're all excited to see what you're going to do with the next chapter. Mm. Um, you know, because of, uh, how you've handled this chapter, how, 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 how much <laughs> I appreciate it. that. Yeah. Thank you. Are you a Southern California guy? Yeah. Okay, whereabouts in Southern California? Um, well, are you from? I'm from Burbank, so that's where I grew up. Um, all of my family is in the Midwest, so I actually I was born in Kansas, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, both my parents were theater majors, so music and art has been a very big part of my family. My cousins all did that. Um, my grandparents, so um, music's always been a very big thing. The arts has always been a big thing. Performing. Um, my mom was an actress at the time, so. A little over a year after I was born, they moved out to California because that was... So that's why. Yeah, that's why that's, you guys came out here. That's the, that's the whole reason is she was just looking for more work. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was, was, is, and has been in construction and managing construction for a really long time um, since he was building houses with his dad when he was like 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so he really could kind of do that anywhere. Um, and she wanted more work. She wanted more opportunities. So that was the whole reason I was out here. And then... Uh, been in Southern California ever since, mainly Burbank, LA area, and then the past four years because of school, I've been in Fullerton. So. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, hey, does your mom is she still is she still an actress in in the industry? Um, she has done a couple gigs ever like here and there, but she doesn't really do that now. She actually, her and uh, my stepdad, they started a a YouTube channel called The Y Files, and they started that a little bit ago, and they're actually like picking up a lot of traction. They have like. 1.8 million subscribers now and that's awesome so like that's what they're doing essentially full-time now which is cool like Scra- the, scratches that itch yeah like the yeah. letter y or like oh uh, why okay yeah and it's just essentially like a youtube channel they mainly cover it's pretty cool they mainly cover um i'm doing a little spot for them right now yeah. uh they mainly cover like s- conspiracy theories but they cover it from both sides so yeah. like the first half of the video is like all the reasons of like oh man this is pretty spooky like this actually could be real mm-hmm. like this seems like it was covered up like blah 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 and then aj um my stepdad he goes into the second half which is all the reasons about like oh this is probably not real hmm um and he structures it very specifically um and he also does voice acting work too so he has a performance experience with that um so he has like a little 
fish, like a 3D animated fish called Hecklefish that he voices. It's a it's a really, really cool show. I tell you what, I love conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah. I'm going to have to definitely check it out. And they should do like the 88... <laughs> DCI finals. There's some <laughs> conspiracy. There's, there's some drum there's core all, stuff. Dude, there's yeah. like all kinds of drum core conspiracy. The '87 mm-hmm. percussion title conspiracy. What dude, happened there? You, you don't know about '87? Oh God, no. Oh George. I don't know about Enlighten, anything Enlighten, earlier than 2006. Enlighten him about 1987. <laughs> well, I mean the 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 big thing that year is that was like the sort of emergence of Garfield Cadets as okay. a percussion section, and. Um, the big, the big thing that year was, um, you know, you had Blue Devils coming off of winning four titles in a row, mm. percussion titles, um, and Argu- with argu- arguably their their best line. And the line was stacked. Yes, mm. like okay. like it wasn't like they had a bunch of age outs after '86. Yeah. It was literally like everybody came back. Okay, and then and then some, um, and then um, you know Hardman at Vanguard was coming into his own. Right. Mm. And, and they were a really, really good percussion section. Yeah. Van, Vanguard was like going into finals undefeated. Right. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, so then, eighty-seven rolls around, and you know, th- the big thing was that Garfield got a perfect score in percussion, not going on last. Oh. So other, so so before these other groups had gone on, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Already, so that was the big thing about '87. You can talk about '88. Yeah, well, well, '87 too. It's like, yeah, they got the perfect score, and there's a lot of like, it rubs some people the wrong way. Mm. I mean, and then like even the core placement, a lot of people, oh, Vanguard, you don't, whatever. Mm. But '88 too, it was like, it was the one year DCI did a uh, like a lottery, the lottery. D- the lottery draw for. That determined the order. The order that you, that you perform. Yeah. Oh for wow! Finals, for finals night. So all oh, for finals. So that's a big deal. So all eighty-eight Blue Devils went undefeated up till finals week, and I want to say, and and they they kept it secret like your placement for semis after prelims mm-hmm. and everything. So nobody really mm-hmm. knew. But I guess I think Vanguard won semis, mm-hmm. and uh, so they go in to do this this lottery draw, and you can see there's a video, and you can see like when Madison draws the number. There's like somebody from DCI's pointing at like which one to pick, and they they draw like number one like mm-hmm. the last, and they ended up they ended up winning. Yeah, they ended up winning yeah, and then like that's crazy. About a week be- <laughs> about a week before, from what I understand, this, their score was like nowhere near like right. anyone else's, uh-huh. but then they end up end up winning, and wow. so it, dude, it was like. Yeah, the, that's a big drum corps conspiracy. <laughs> oh yeah, right that's there, yeah. and I'm sure that there are going to be people that are upset about how we just talked about it just now. Right. Yeah, yeah. Depending yeah. on like we tried oh, to be yeah. as as sort of objective, like laying it out as possible. Yeah. But there are people like no, 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 you know. So yeah. um, a lot of people still uh, uh, that's very triggering for them. I mean, like they've done um, people put together like a doc, like there was a documentary about '87, '87, yeah, interviewing mm. people from the line, interviewing Hannum, you know, yeah. Ralph. And, and like all those guys, um, just trying to get like, kind of like what you described, everybody's different perspective right, yeah. on this quote unquote, like, you know, controversial thing. That yeah. Happened. And then we haven't even talked the 89 conspiracy. Right. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Like 89. Okay. So Vanguard. What was happening in the eighties? So Vanguard did Phantom of the Opera again for the second year. Yeah. Mm. Phantom Regiment was just on fire 89. Yeah. Their horn line, everything. So going into like finals week, Vanguard had like two overage members, mm. and so there was like, do we disqualify them? Do we not disqualify them? I guess they took it to the Phantom Regiment people, and they're like, no, let them compete because they're getting ready to like not even let Vanguard compete. Oh wow! So you know, Vanguard goes in, Phantom goes in, and then 
Vanguard ends up winning by like a tenth. But and, a lot of people will tell you that Phantom should have won that night. And, mm. and and to sort of tie that, I mean, the eighties was fun. Yeah, <laughs> to sounds sort like of, it. To sort of tie that to um, eighty eight mm. was they did Phantom of the Opera two years in a row, yeah, eighty eight right. and eighty nine. Right. And a lot of people, the people on the sort of the Vanguard side, thought Vanguard should have won overall. 88 instead of Madison or Blue Devils, right? Blue Devils had a thing because they were like, we're undefeated. I mean, all those shows were great. Um, But they they, they thought they should have won instead of Madison. Santa Clara thought they should have won. And there's a little bit of a thing of like in 89, what they did is made up for. Yeah. Mm. They give it to Santa Clara because they should have won in 88. But then they take away from uh, Phantom. Yeah. And, and, uh, Phantom that year played was the first year they played New World Symphony, yeah. which they've done, you know, like a they few did, different times. They've yeah. done a few different Bits times, and, pieces, yeah. and it ended up becoming this super iconic. Right, that's like my all-time favorite Phantom show is probably '89. Yeah. Okay, but uh, I gotta watch. But that. but what's what's interesting is like with '87 to '89, it's the 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 drum scores is what yeah made the difference in in winning. Kind of mm. like uh, 2019 Blue Devils in. Yeah, and blue coats. It was like the, the drum school. That was Vanguard, like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like the recent the finals night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. recent like everyone being the recent hoopla mm-hmm. of like that achievement score and everyone losing their minds. Yeah, yeah because over that. had that not been a perfect score for Blue Devils twenty nineteen, I think Blue Coats because it was. I want to say the the closest finish ever. I I could be wrong. Right. I'm hey, who knows? And both those. I mean, God, like you're splitting hairs. At at that point, it's like both those shows were so were so unbelievably well designed and achieved yeah. from every possible aspect. I mean, I go back and I watch, like I watch those two shows and to me it's like, it's pretty undeniable. Yeah. Um, so, I mean. But like 2019, you're, you're a Vanguard guy. Yeah. Did, didn't they go, the drumline go undefeated the whole season mm-hmm. until finals night? Then Yeah, I'm pretty, yeah. I'm, I don't think, yeah, I don't think they lost the show in Perk. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't there. I've, I've yeah. heard a couple of them talk about finals night and I've yeah. gotten, I've gotten mixed reviews on yeah. it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't actually know. Um, I think overall what I've heard is that their best run was semis, which is, I think like the Vanguard curse is like every, every semis run is always the best run of the mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was how it was for us for sure. And it reflected in the scores, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, it's it just makes it's it's just such a juicy topic. <laughs> it just goes to show, right? Yeah, yeah. That, you know, whether it's now or whether it's 30, 40 years ago, we can talk about it. Yeah. Because in you know, it's like, you know, we had Jeff Osdemore on and we got and we kinda got deep into like the whole judging thing. Mm. Um it's it is so hard to get it right, you yeah. know. So subjective. Um, it's it's it it always comes back to like, yes, it is a subjective thing. You're comparing, you know, what feels like apples and oranges mm. at the at the time, um, and I think I think the sort of you know the outcome that the 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 most satisfaction we could get, most satisfying sort of you know conclusion we could we could get out of all that was that they just at least are always trying to get it right. Yeah, you know, and and if if something feels like really like oh we need to improve that or here's a Here's a little bit of where we're vulnerable right. to to not a weakness or whatever in the system. They always are trying to correct it, yeah. and that's and that's driven by um, the members, the member cores, mm. right? Like like both in indoor and outdoor, you know, they're the ones that are really pushing for, you know, 
changes, like doing things like, you know, taking the judge off the field, right. you know, like, like stuff like that. Um, and, uh, but it's always fun to talk about. It's yeah. always popcorn. But, it, but you brought up conspiracy, I so I was like, oh, yeah, no, I mean, drum corps conspiracy. And I, it's and definitely a thing, yeah. God, the lotto thing, I can't imagine what would have happened if that happened like now. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it was the, like the, the online outrage. Yeah. Well, not only did like that front half get kind of screwed, but like the Velvet Knights, which was my old core and mm. George's old core, yeah. back then they were like, they'd finished seventh the year before and they thought, thought they had a better core that year. So they pick in the lottery draw and they, they pick to go on first because they, they first like overall. Yeah, yeah. They, they broke it up from like 12 through through five and then five through one. So mm-hmm. there were two like two separate draws. OK, so they got, got you know, so not like there was like there wasn't a way that like Vanguard was going to be going on first. No, then. no, okay. no. But that's still oh, it wasn't man. it wasn't like 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 uh, what was it like RCC 2016 where they got the penalty. Uh, yeah, and they, yeah. ended up, they literally ended up going on like second um, right. finals night, yeah. you know, um, it wasn't like that, but it, but it definitely was, there I was, don't think I knew about that. There was enough. Yeah. There was like a, a big electronic snafu oh, okay. that happened at semis. And then, cause I, I remember cause, cause I was a dark sky at the time and right. literally, um, we w- dark sky got to play to a full, uh, audience, um, because everybody was there <laughs> early to get in there and see RCC <laughs> because RCC oh, went okay. yeah, yeah. right after. Um, so, you know, it's just like there's always a little bit there's always just enough for us to grab onto yeah. and to get in the comment section mm. and to just you know uh <laughs> you know yeah so it's always fun to talk it's about fun fun yeah, stuff. It is. so but anyway so back back to it you're from the burbank area yeah did you go to like burroughs high school or i did okay yeah okay. Yeah. yeah so i went to burroughs um John Burroughs High School in Burbank, uh, rival high school, Burbank High School, which Gilbert Nazari went to. Um, I'm trying to think of a few other, like really close to Hoover High School, which is where William Abramion went to, Mm -hmm. Glendale, which is where Tim Lee went to, Mm -hmm. Um, my best friend Rami, he was a center snare for PAL this past season. Marching marching Blue Stars this year. Exactly, yeah, Yeah, Rami McCarum, Um, and then... uh, Joseph Zimmerman, the bottom base for Pulse this past season. I also went to high school with him. I actually put mallets in his hands, so that was pretty wild, like getting to see him. Yeah, because at at that point, he was uh, a trombone player and Mm -hmm. and really liked the drumline thing and knew that I was marching bass drum at Pulse and was interested and wanted to do Vanguard, so I showed him how to do a few things. Yeah, you know, Um, like that San Fernando Valley area, mm -hmm. They used, I, I don't know if you know this. They used to have like a pretty good drumming culture. The mm, yep. CSUN used to have a, a winner line that that would win. You know, they would win. The oh, I didn't actually didn't know that. Yeah, yeah in the nineties. That's 90s. really cool. Yeah, and then there was like a youth band called the Burbank Lancers, that was there. I've heard of the Lancers. A, yeah. a lot of those guys ended up going to the Freelancers. There was like a kind of a feeder for the Freelancers drum corps. Got it. Okay. Back in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you talked about it a little bit with your family. Mm. Um, so I imagine that that there was music. And stuff like that, and and at least some kind of performance and a lot of arts and stuff like that in your in your upbringing. What was your first uh, entree into or exposure into marching percussion? Mm. Uh, high school marching band. Okay. Yeah. So i I had been playing uh, clarinet up through middle school, and then I get to marching band, and I had I mean I had zero percussion experience, so. Um, my, my first season was marching clarinet, mm-hmm. uh, my freshman year. And, uh, one of my really good friends at the time, Aiden Smith, he 
made the drum line, was a percussionist, made the drum line on bass drum. And so I was like always kind of looking back to see what they were doing um, and like fell in love with it. I just like the sound of it, the the aggression, the bombastic energy that all of those guys had because that was so opposite of what I was back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean I like as a person? Or yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, because I, I was so I was so reserved. So to myself, um, I knew like three people and hung out with only them all the time. And Aiden, so you were like really a clarinet player. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Through and through. Embodied it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were yeah. you... Um, were you really good at clarinet? Yeah, I, I would say I was good. Um, I do ended you, up. Do you being, still play? No, not anymore. Uh, I just don't have the time for it to like keep up. But me and uh, like that was how Rami started because he was a flute player. So we both ended up being the solo chairs for our high school, and our high school would do really well at recitals and competitions and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, but essentially, I saw that, and um, like I said, that was a very the the people that especially that year were very very open very loud very charismatic um and so i think that was a big part of it um because they brought that out in the way that they played mm-hmm. um so it just made it very enticing very fun to watch um i remember specifically the quads were like what i was like most attracted to at that time um so within a couple months i started taking lessons with uh the drum tech there his name was Blair McGloyry um, and he had gone to Berkeley College of Music in Boston for a drum set, and one of the best drum set, like to this day, one of the best drum set players I've ever seen. He had marched drum corps at some point, but I don't think I ever found out where. Was, um, was he a studio like musician guy? Uh, being there in the, in the valley, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think so. I don't actually really know. I mean, I was so young, I wasn't asking, mm-hmm. I wasn't asking those kinds of questions. And now I look back and I wish I did. Um, but yeah, so I started taking lessons with him. Just was the because um, you know we, we sort of take for granted that people in high school marching band are aware of the larger mm. marching percussion world. What um, was there any exposure to uh, drum corps, indoor drum line that like like that those things even existed uh, yet for you, or mm. or were you just like I re- I like what's happening here right. at my high school and I want to do that right uh, at, at first. There was no, there was no exposure to drum corps indoor at all. I ended up finding that on my own the summer after my freshman year. So there was like, there was only me just trying to be a part of the drum line because it just looked like fun. And then I think at some point, and when I think back on it now, it was, it was Rhythm X, it was Man in the Arena, but someone had shown me a video and they were like, man, this drum line's really good. But I don't think they even knew what it was. They were just like, wow, these guys are really good. And we're trying to learn what they were It wasn't playing. top secret? No. Oh, wow, check out this drum line. <laughs> yeah, <on>. no. <laughs> um, no, thank God. Uh, but... Shout out to Top Secret. Yeah, no, they, yeah, no, they we, are incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny because my my like grandparents will like send me that's videos right. That's of them. A, that's and, like, the that's why that's why we say yeah. Like, there's like a, there's like a couple of those. It's, Top Secret's one of them. Yep. The other one is like the Hot Tots, whatever the the guys in the kilts. Hot Scots, yeah. Hot Scots, yeah. yeah. Hot Scots. So uh, they're like, do you do this? Have you yeah. seen yeah. Have you seen this? Yeah. Yeah. I want to say there's an, a third one too, but I can't remember what it yeah. was. Shout out to anybody who has a relative or, or <laughs> friend who has sent them one of those videos because they know you're in one of those yeah. two Drum videos. Line. Yeah, dude, and it's amazing how those videos just blow up online. Yep. But shout out to them because in that genre, with what they do, yeah, it's cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no exposure um, and just. But that's interesting. So can you can you think back to when you first started taking those lessons? Because mm. this was like, you know, how you get introduced to it is often very formative. Right. 
you're taking lessons on tenors from somebody who Well, I started on snare. I didn't actually okay. yeah. So but so you're 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 taking lessons on snare from somebody who went to Berkeley. Yeah. And has like this this super well rounded, mm-hmm. you know, education. Can you think back to was was he just trying to get you going? Or were there things that he really sort of instilled in you that were really foundational? No, I think I I mean and I didn't take very many lessons with him and he ended up leaving right after my first year. But yes, I would agree that like there were there were definitely certain things that he had me do. Like he had me he had me reading out of one of the stick controls for sure. And we started on concerts in there. Like I did not start on a marching instrument with five Bs, like doing doing that whole thing. I had a little six inch red Vader uh drum pad that I started on and um yeah, no, I mean there was a there was a lot. I and looking back on it, he gave me exercises that drum corps do, like SCV threes and and Boston and Pantera and stuff like that. That I I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was a thing that drummers do because I didn't. Those have are that. those are like some of my favorite all time exercises. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. and they're and, and the thing and I love that kind of. It's part of the reason why I went to Vanguard is like the simplicity because there's so much there's so much that you can do with it to make it more complex. But at the same time, it's like to make those exercises, I can talk about this all day, but to make those exercises sound correct is like so much harder than being able to hide in like the more complex rhythms that you see a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a reason, and it's like, there is a reason why those exercises have lasted. Yep. You know, because people will make up exercises every year and then they'll, they'll, you know, maybe be in, in, you know, they'll get used and then they'll sort of fade away. But the ones that last, the ones that last, you know, and usually it's It's the control. they, They last because they're effective. They're yeah. useful. Um, and like you said, you know, they're instilling something that worked back then and that is still applicable mm-hmm. today. Very, very. Because it's the exact same. There's so many parallels. It's just a different mm-hmm. look. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he he had me doing a lot of that stuff. Um, and then I practiced all through the summer because I really wanted to make it. And I knew that we were getting a new staff member. So I was like, okay, well, I got to like be able to prove myself and show that I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um and that was the summer that I found uh, Blue Devils 15. Mm. That was Ink. That was the first drum core video that I'd ever seen. Um, but I didn't... So just on video, not even like you... you not oh, even yeah. live. No, no, wow. yeah, just on YouTube, just like a full run. Um, and I mean, obviously, like this was during the 2016 competitive season because it was over the summer. So mm. like I found that video and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, this is cool. And I watched it so many times because I was like, man, this is just like really cool, but I don't think I could ever do that. <laughs> and I have no so it idea. Felt, it felt like over there. It felt oh, like beyond. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. Well, because then I was like, well, like, what do you need to do right. to get, like, what are, what are these people, like, how old are they? They all right. look like they're way older than me and I don't understand. And they're doing stuff that I don't Except get. for Brandon. Brandon was like, <laughs> well, well, that <laughs> probably was the, your age. This was the funny thing is then I found videos about Brandon and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like, I'm screwed. Like I didn't start at twelve. I'm never gonna march drum corps. <laughs> like that's that's the path. Yeah, that's no, what you're like, supposed that's to do. That's what I thought. Like like F one like racers that start yeah. in karting when they're like seven. Yeah, that's what I thought you needed to do to march. I love it. I, it's like I love that you. This is this is what's great about in, <laughs> about interviewing somebody that just aged out. He's not too old to remember exactly like what his young brain was going through at that time. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I love that. You know? (laughs) Um, yeah. So I just, I had no clue. Um, and, but thought it was super interesting. And then I found 
when I started finding more videos, I was like, oh, this is like a thing that a lot of people do. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of groups. And the next thing that I found was Blue Coats 15, Kinetic Noise. And that, to this day, is like one of my favorite shows of all time from a full ensemble standpoint, especially percussion. I mean, just the... Yeah, that was a good line. God. Mm-hmm. The battery was incredible. The front ensemble was incredible. The writing. I mean, Tom just hit it out of the freaking park. This, the, the things that they did were were so were so cool and so astounding to me. Like I found like Rudani Nas like quad cam, and I found like a baritone solo cam, and 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 marimba, and like all these things. And I realized the complexity of what was actually going on, and and the fact that it was competitive, and that this was a thing that a lot of people can do, and that it's not just like oh, it's just the Blue Devils. No, it's like there's so many different groups of so many different styles. So snare was your thing? No. That's so, what you, or what would you what were you going for like immediately? I was I was wanting to go for quads. Okay. Like a hundred percent. That was where I wanted to be. He started me on snare for the sake of you can kind of go anywhere with that. Okay. Um and not traditional. It was all match. Mm-hmm. Um shout and, out uh, shout out to the all the people who love playing matchup on snare. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And who like that idea. No, yeah. And yeah. shout out to all the comments. <laughs> Against match grip. <laughs> That's why I said that. That's why I said that. Uh, match grip? Question mark. Yeah. yeah. Oh, on all, on all those Dartmouth videos. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like, it's almost guaranteed. And it's so annoying. It's like, I feel like just deleting every one I see. A hundred percent. But yeah, and then I ended up, I was going for quads. I ended up being put because I had no percussion experience. Because the rest of the guys were all percussionists outside of one guy. And he had been practicing for longer than I have. So he made the snare line. Um, they had three percussionists on the quad line that had all done it already. And then I got put on base five. Um, and that was like my first, that was my first experience. Who put you there? Playing, uh, Jim Briggs. So it's his fault. It's his fault. All of this, all of this is his fault. It's a hundred percent his fault. Um, because at, and at the time I didn't, I don't know that I even necessarily was that interested in playing bass drum until I found... It's the funny thing is like it's all videos like none of none of I didn't decide that I wanted to start marching by seeing anything live, um, but it was the subs finals video. I just used this for a transcription I did the other day of the Vanguard baseline in 2016 because mm-hmm. the 2016 competitive season had just ended, mm-hmm. um, and I like just jaw dropped. That was I, a good baseline. Oh, they were so good, dude. The twenty, the whole Vanguard twenty sixteen line is just well killer. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Paul took ink and threw it on the page. Like half that, half the sheets were just like black. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. It was there. Were, they played so much, but what what astounded me was the musicality. And you, you know, it's interesting that you say that. It's like I feel like that's something that I sort of, I don't even know if I if it registered with me deliberately, but I do feel like after that, Paul did do that. Like. After a couple of years of getting settled in at Vanguard, he decided, "Oh, hundred percent. We're just, you know, like there was a, there was a, there was something where it felt like on purpose. Well, yeah, we're gonna play more. Yeah, because eleven, twelve, thirteen was like his era of like what he was sort of doing at Phantom, but like fast tempos, lots of just really open rhythms in in a fast pulse to keep it driving and to keep it exciting. And then fourteen was when they moved into this super militant, really dense, really complex rhythm thing. And it's just, 2015 was definitely that. And then 16 kind of opened up a lot of stuff. That's the way that I view it, at least, is like 16 to me was was the first, was the first time that I had seen a line play that 
with that density with that level of musicality. Well, that's um, like back in the day, he, that, he would write an, an insane amount of notes. Mm-hmm. So much so that that was the inside joke with the, like the guys we marched with was he was writing something. He accidentally dropped a pencil and left the mark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a phlegm, you know. Hey, yeah. look, hey, Paul, drop your pencil some more, you yeah. know. I, I want to say, you know, getting back to the controversy that we talked about, <laughs> you know, early on. Yeah. Um, that was, there was something about the timing of that particular controversy because uh, drum corps was, you know, less than five years removed from the tick system. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. And, and the reason why I bring it up is because exactly what you said is now all of a sudden, you know, mid to late eighties, what was being rewarded was this idea of uh, the battery being able to be musical beyond just how many mistakes are they making. Right. You know, um, and um, a lot of people talk about like when they talk about Hardiman's books, when they talk about Hannum's books, I, I specifically remember I can think about people bringing this up specifically with them of saying exactly what you said, mm. which is you can hear the show yeah. in the battery book. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, and you could do it with floats books as well, you know, um, but, uh, you know, again, it's like what's old is is new, you know, Um that's, you know, and, and um, you know, like what, what Rob is talking about, Rob marched for Paul in his sort of like earlier, you know, earlier days, like right. in, the early, in the early 90s. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so he was figuring out that stuff and, yeah. and, and, you know, being inspired by and uh, being exposed to and seeing what worked and what didn't, figuring all that stuff out back then. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, so real quick, we were talking about like you, you discovering drum core like yeah. YouTube which YouTube is a great tool for all that we need mm-hmm. to, we, I guess we need to keep making videos yeah. yes for all the, <laughs> please for all the kids out there please right? yeah yeah so we could get like the 10 views that we get <laughs> well I mean as long as one of them is, yeah, a, is yeah. another is it Jacob ins- Wetzel as long as, as long as it inspires someone but yeah. but we're talking about like you discovering drum core was, mm. were, was there any like certain show that was like this is my favorite show 16 Vanguard. 16 Vanguard. Well, because that was that was what made me... Because Blue Devils was my introduction. Mm-hmm. Coats 15 was my, oh, I'm really interested in this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start... I'm just going to watch videos of this all the time because I just enjoy it. It wasn't even a research thing from a perspective of, oh, I want to figure out how to do this. It was a, oh, I just enjoy watching this. Yeah. And then 16 Vanguard, after, like right after that competitive season, all those videos came out and I started watching that. And then that was when I was just completely head over heels. I need to do this. And mm-hmm. I need to do it with that group. Mm-hmm. That was a hundred. And then from that, from then on, quite literally every single decision I made in my marching career up until the point I made Vanguard was with the, is it going to get me to Vanguard? Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because, question. because like last week, um, you know, uh, we interviewed Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. He had literally, same very thing, similar yeah. experience <laughs> for sure. where one of the very first, you know, most favorite videos of his was, you know, was a 2004, 2005 Vanguard, Vanguard, yeah. you know, and even though everybody around him was sort of choosing other paths, mm. so to speak. And he probably could have went another path to like be in a finalist core. But, but because, you know, it got in there early, you know, and, 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 and was, was meaningful to him. He, um, he did his own version of what you're talking about, which was, 
that's my goal. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to stick to my guns and I'm going to keep pursuing that. Yeah. Um, you know, and eventually realize it. Yeah. Cause indoor and pulse was not even on my radar because mm-hmm. that indoor to me was me trying to train myself to keep up my chops in between the summers mm-hmm. originally. And, and that's, that's what it was like back in the day too. Yeah. It was yeah. like when it was just to keep your chops up yeah. for, for summer, um, but not, not so much now. Th- yeah. And I feel like, like you said, now that has changed so much and there are so many, I think there's, especially percussionists. There's, I almost know more percussionists that do only indoor Yeah. for the sake of the. Plus it's expensive. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Just for the, the logistical side of things yeah. of mm-hmm. under, of, of life <laughs> right. and how much easier it is to do indoor with life. Um, what was the, what was the first drum corps show you saw live? Uh, <laughs> gold 17. Mm hmm. That was my first because so you went it was, to like the local shows. Yeah, but well, it was because I was marching impulse. So by mm-hmm. that time, I had been playing bass drum. I had just made the high, my high school drum line that August. Mm-hmm. I auditioned for impulse in December. So I've been playing bass drum for like four months. Five. What months. was? Um, why did you decide to go to um, drum car auditions at all? I just wanted to do it mm-hmm. because I figured and, and, was, and a did lot anybody, of did any of your friends like anybody else from the school go was also or yeah, was it just you uh I th- Ian Uvas who mm-hmm. did PC and, and and Impulse and Instinct and um a handful of those groups he also went with me to those auditions because he was super into drum corps too yeah and so that was nice like having having a friend that I knew that I was comfortable with to go to that um because I was spending so much of my time drumming, I didn't have that much experience talking to people, so yeah. I would get really, I would get really nervous. Um, but I went out. Uh, Tim Lee recommended that impulse to me. He had marched there for a couple of years and mm-hmm. and knew how much I wanted it, but knew I didn't have the experience yet. And that I and I knew that I didn't have the experience yet, and I just wanted to get out there. I just yeah. needed. I, just I mean, and you're like, to, a, you're going to be a sophomore in high school. You, I was a sophomore at the time. You were a sophomore at the time. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I mean, like, like is just this, get your feet wet. Is this yeah. was impulse? Like, is this something you researched on your own, finding a local drum corps to march in, or you had already known about them? Tim brought it up to me. I think oh, I had, okay. I think I had known about them, but I didn't necessarily. I knew that I wanted to audition at places, but Tim was telling me he that he was the first. He was the first person where he was like. I think if you go and audition here right now, you'd make it and then you'd actually get an experience. You get to go on tour. You get to see that whole thing. Cause yeah. he had talked to me extensively about his experience, um, and was helping me a lot with that. Um, was it scary? Oh yeah. Auditioning at, yeah. A, at a drum corps. Well, cause Rob Carson was the caption head. Oh, right. <laughs> That's right. And, right. and, and so then he comes up and he starts telling us about his experience and then it's this guy that had done Vanguard for seven thousand years. Yeah, he's like, he's like, the, you see this thing, the flam head, like that. Was, yeah, that yeah. was me. Like, <laughs> yeah, he developed talking about all the Kevlar head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he, and such a huge impact on the community, mm. and and such a brain. And he, he was and like, he, he was like Brandon before Brandon. Was yeah, Brandon. yeah, no, yeah. legitimately, and yeah. and he had all these, and he had these. I mean, he had these crazy ideas for what the drumline was going to be. He was like, we're going to have two of them. There's going to be 10 snares, like legit for impulse that year. He was like, we're gonna have 10 snares. We're gonna have six quads. All of them are going to have three spocks. We're going to have eight bass drums. We're going to split the drum line apart. They're going to have different. I was like, oh my God, this is so much. That did not happen. Very, I want to make that (laughs) clear. That did not happen. We ended up having seven snare drums, three quads. One of them dropped four bass drums. One of them dropped. Um, I was on two. I was 16. Let's go. They made me section leader for no reason. Wow. I I should not have been section leader without a doubt because it was me, um, Annie, 
Ethan and Gino. Annie and Ethan were 18 and Gino was an age out. So there was no reason for me to be put in the position that I was. In a leadership position? At all. And I was terrible at it and I made so many mistakes and um, I learned so much as a result. Yeah. What was that? What was the, um, what was the summer like? It was hard. Yeah. It was hard. But, and, and it was really funny. My, my mom told me this after and she still tells me this to this day, but she told me, she was like, when I found out what the hours were going to be and, and how much you were going to be able to do. I thought he's back in a week. Mm. She, they my parents didn't think I can handle it, mm-hmm. which knowing me at the time and, and the, the lack of struggle for me at the time yeah. and how terrible I was at doing my chores and my home and so, so many things about stuff like that where they were like, there's no way. And I, it was hard and I could not stop. I, Loved it with every fiber of my being. Mm-hmm. I behind, being behind a drum, being in front of Rob, being in a line, doing that every day. I, I just couldn't get enough of it. So um, when they see you doing this thing, yeah, right. Because I mean, did they even know that drum corps was a thing or anything like your family? Well, the, I think by that point, I was talking to them about it and being like, and then there's this group like Vanguard right. and Blue Devils and Blue Devils. So, were, you so like, they, were you like showing them videos saying, look, yeah, look at this yeah, video yeah. right here? And yeah. they were like, that's nice. Right. Yeah. They didn't know. They were like, and, that's, that's nice. Have you seen this video of Top Secret? No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, le- but legitimately, that was their, that was the extent of their, of their knowledge on it. Right. But and they it, were, but they were. They were but supportive. They were supportive. But right. that was the thing is, is they weren't, it wasn't from a perspective of them like not caring. They mm-hmm. cared. They just didn't get it. Right. Um, but they wanted me to do things because they were excited that I was getting out there and that I was with kids my own age and doing this big mm-hmm. thing. And like, oh man, he, like he's doing this tour and I don't really know what it is. And, but it's music yeah. and it's exercise. Hey, <laughs> it's keeping you occupied exactly. during the summer. Yeah, exactly. So, and he doesn't have to be in the house. Like there were so many reasons about it where yeah. they were, they yeah. were, they were excited for me, but they didn't understand. I don't think they understood how much I enjoyed it and how much I cared about it. And also the depth and the complexity of the community, because why would they, why would they understand that? They didn't get any of it until I finished that summer and I came back and they were like, Oh, like you changed a lot. Mm. A lot because I was much more regimented. I was much more calm. I was much more aware of myself and, and the things I was doing and the effects that they had because those were all mistakes that I made as a leader and as a member over the course of the summer. And I couldn't get away from it because I was on a bus with everyone. I was forced to figure it out, which was so good for me. So unbelievably good and so formative. And, and they still talk a lot about that, that first summer when I came back. And then especially after Van Cadets the next summer. Um, so you, um, you finish the summer. Yeah. Um, but then you go back to high school. Yeah. Was that... My junior year. Was that any kind of, like, were you all of a sudden, like, here's how we should do things because this is how we do or, it. <laughs> or were you like, how a lot of people get, oh, I'm not doing high school. I'm too good for that now. <laughs> uh, there wasn't any no high school because I didn't, because all my friends were in it and I couldn't see myself doing anything else. And I just liked the, and the thing about Jim and Tim, which is so funny. Um, we would make fun of that all the time, but the thing about them that was so cool is they would always give us stuff to challenge us. So I knew no matter what, however quote good I had gotten after a summer, they were never going to dumb things down. They were always going to give me something that was hard for me. So there was never a question of, and I was still playing clarinet. So it, there was so much about, being in like I didn't move fully into percussion until college. I played clarinet all the way through my senior year. 
That's awesome, man. Yeah. So that gave me a lot of sort of weird uh, musical tendencies that as a drummer I wouldn't have developed that have mm-hmm. helped me a lot, especially with bass drumming in a melodic sense and uh, like composing and being aware of phrasing. And that's all helped me a lot in school. Um, well, I'm like sure a melodic you brain. Develop that ear for like pitch yeah. and everything. A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. It, and that's helped me with tune. Like there's so much about it. That's helped that I want percussionists to go and play more things overall because I just think it's helpful. Um, but no, I came back and there was definitely like a, Oh, I wish we were doing things like this mm-hmm. or like even things from impulse that I didn't like where I wouldn't have known I didn't like it had I not been there. And so I just, that was when the ideas started flowing of like, oh, like, oh, like I want to write, I want to write this or I want to play this or I'm going to learn this and blah, blah, blah. And little did you know, you, when, when you think back to the first, like watching stuff on video and going, how do they do that? Yeah. Little did you know, you were going through the exact process of what needs to happen Mm -hmm. in order to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. A lot of lessons learned, a lot of, you know, wanting to do it all the time and wanting to tackle different puzzles and like things all the time. Um, what made you decide to stick with bass drum? Uh, I just thought it was cooler. Mm -hmm. Did, was there, was there, (laughs) that was literally it. Was there a moment where you did decide when I saw the Vanguard video, Mm -hmm. I think that, so before I had marched impulse Mm -hmm. was when I decided if I'm going to be doing this at that level, I want to do bass drum, but that was a hard decision for me because I loved quads. Sure, and I and I and there was also there's also like the whole thing about like oh well, what bass drum am I going to be on? Mm. What parts am I going to be on? Mm-hmm. That sort of thing, which is totally understandable. I'm not saying that to make fun of people that think that because I 100 percent think. I mean, I played too. Like I no, that's I, that's, that's how I was. Thing. My whole thing, I wanted to play bass too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's hundred percent a part of it. But I, I knew that if I played quads, that would never be an issue because it's everyone's playing the same part. Um, and I loved it, but I knew that I didn't, <laughs> I knew that I didn't want to play snare drum because at the time I was more interested in the melodic content combined with the rhythms. It, that, that was to me was always the thing of, of not only the, what are they playing spatially, but melodically, um, which I think is what, drew me to bass drum the most was how are they making it sound like one thing? Yeah. How, how am I listening to this and I'm getting a cohesive rhythm and melody and sound across five different instruments? It, it, it blew my mind and I think it was, I think I was almost wanting to do it more just to figure out how they were doing it than I was actually enjoying it. And then in the process, I fell in love with the art form and, and playing the instrument itself. So um, that audition season, mm. you uh, was Vanguard Cadets the first, were you like, I want to make Vanguard eventually. Yeah. So let me go try for Vanguard Cadets. Is yeah. that what happened? It was Vanguard Cadets and Mandarins. Those were the two groups that I was looking at the most because mm-hmm. I had seen a lot of videos of Mandarins in 16 and in 17 and was like, okay, like they're good. They're in California. I don't know that I can make them. And it was the same thing with Varen Cadets. I had seen Varen Cadets all, because I was in open class and doing, and Impulse, we started in Pennsylvania, which was wild. Mm-hmm. We did, that was the first thing we did for tour, was a three-day bus ride to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, but, so we saw Varen Cadets a lot, and I fell in love with that show, and, and I was looking at them, and by that point, I had enough drumming awareness and enough sound quality awareness to go, they sound very similar to Vanguard mm-hmm. and they look very similar to Vanguard, especially the bass drum specifically. 
And I knew the techs were all Vanguard veterans. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, realistically, what am I going to make world class right now? Probably not. Mm -hmm. And then you've got all these people with all this knowledge of the place that I want to be at. Why would I not go there? Yeah. So this was going into summer 2018. So this was going into summer 2018. Did you do any winter drumline? I did. I did Odyssey. He certainly did. (laughs) With George Collins himself right here. Odyssey. Um, Who who would know, would have known that that Odyssey 2018 line, you look back at it, a lot of a lot of people came out of that. A lot of heavy hitters. A lot of heavy hitters. (laughs) That's, is that where you met Frankie? Yeah. 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 So I had auditioned. I got to Odyssey because I auditioned for what ended up becoming Vessel that year. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was OCI when I knew it because um, Tim had marched it. That was the first indoor show that I had seen was OCI 17 when I went to their like family and friends show. And so I was like, man, this is cool. And I wanted to march Broken City so badly. Oh, let's I was, go. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's like the whole thing. I, I was so about it. It was the first indoor shows that I had seen was Cage, mm-hmm. I think, or Caged. I'm not sure which one it is. Yeah. And then I found Spine and, mm-hmm. and, and that whole thing. And was, I was like, man, that's such a cool style and so different than what I was doing for outdoor. And I loved that dichotomy mm-hmm. because I, I was like, well, I was just interested in groups that had a very unique and very particular sound that was consistent year to year. Because yeah. to me, it's like, well, they have something figured out. Right. And I wanted to know how they got there. Mm-hmm. So I was really interested in Broken City. So I went to Vessel because they, for those of you who don't know, they used to be under the same umbrella. 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 Yeah. They had like three drumlines under the same yeah. umbrella. Yes. So it was Broken City. It was under the Orange County Independent umbrella because Broken City used to be Orange County Independent. Yep. Orange County Independent used to it's used very, to be OCI it's very open. confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it like so many different groups have the, had the OCI name. Yeah. You know? And then OCI open was... Or OCI was OCI Open. Odyssey was only always called Odyssey. Odyssey. Um, Broken City becomes Broken City. OCI Open becomes OCI. So I knew them as OCI. I go and audition, um, and I get put on my ass, <laughs> essentially, because I had never played stuff like that in a line setting before. I mean, at Impulse, the the base book just wasn't that difficult, and we also couldn't play very difficult stuff. It was just that's just the nature of it. Um, like I had never played threes at a substantial tempo with a baseline before. And I go into the audition and I knew the parts, but I just didn't have the execution. So I get cut. Probably playing them all crushed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and crappy. Um, everything I told my students not to do was what I was doing. Um, and then at that audition, they had a talk with everyone that got cut and said, hey, we have this other group. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a handful of dark sky people mm-hmm. that were there are now at Odyssey, like very, very good instruction, blah, blah, blah. They tell me Blake Demas is going to be on the staff. Yep. Shout out to Blake. I knew about him and his experience and um, was excited about that. Definitely shout out to him. He was so, um, so caring with our young brains, which I very much appreciate. Um, But yeah, so I found out about that, went and auditioned, met you, met Blake, met Frankie, Michael, Mm -hmm. Casey, E-Man, all those guys. Um, And... Did that. I was doing that at the same time as my high school indoor, mm-hmm. which was difficult. Right. Um, right. Because at that point, it was my junior year. It was the first time that. Was it the. Yeah. Do I have that right? Yes. It was the first time that Burroughs. No. It was our second year. It was the second year Burroughs had done indoor in like 13 or 14 years. Right. Um, I'm on quads doing that thing, but then I'm on base three at Odyssey. Um, and that was a very big season for me. Um, 
because I just got, I just feel like I got a lot better because of the people around me. Mm-hmm. Because I was not anywhere near the best person in the room, anywhere near the most knowledgeable person in the room. And then that starts a pattern of that happening with every group that I make of me like clawing my way mm-hmm. for a spot and then just soaking up what's going on around me. Yeah. Um, so how was, how was um, Vanguard Cadets auditions and yeah. then like going into that summer? For yeah. You? So that was definitely a very... I was so excited and like very starstruck moment because then I'm meeting um, Blake Dupriest, who was a Vanguard vet. He mm-hmm. was bottom base in 15 and 16. Incredible. In that line. In, in literally, the line. Literally in the line that made me right. choose bass drum. So, right. And he's in front of me. And so I'm, the entire time I'm just shaking and just like trying to figure out like, I just want to do what he wants me to do so I can make the line. Like, and, and by this point, Vanguard Cadets, their, their callbacks, at least at the time, were so late that if I didn't make it, I wasn't marching. Right. Because it was after everything. Mm-hmm. It was after Mandarins. It was after all, like so many, a good amount of open class groups too. So I was like, and I don't really know that I want to go back to Impulse. Not for anything wrong with Impulse. I just wanted, I just wanted a different experience. Something yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I ended up making it. I ended up making it on four. I was auditioning for three, made it on four. Um, and we did full size drums that year. So that was like my first time being very physically challenged sure kind of in my life honestly i mean i had done were, were you the, were you the same height that you are now or were you <laughs> small no i'm just no this is legit because no, yeah, you're yeah. high school yeah. i don't know if you've gone through your growth spurt or not yet. uh no i i was six foot mm-hmm. so five eleven six foot so i was bigger i was i, I wasn't small yeah by yeah. any means um i was big enough to handle the drum but i was scrawny as all heck i didn't have anything on me and uh and so that summer, that was with Cheese. He was our caption head. Um, that was my first time being exposed to world-class, like like very, very, very high-level world-class instruction at a group that was achieving very, very well from a competitive standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see it when we get into finals, too, that year, because, that, because the open-class groups compete and prelims with everyone else, and we were getting, like, 15th or 14th overall. So we, we were a very, very legit drum corps and, and, and I had never had that experience before. So, um, I loved it and it was the hard. it was one of the, I think it was probably the hardest season I've ever marched. I think open class grind is so much more difficult than world class. Physically, emotionally, mentally, physically, 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 I think over than anything else, Mm -hmm. mentally sort of as a result, but physically for sure, because I had never done anything that physically taxing. And then we're perk, so we always get the third field mm-hmm. with the potholes and the sand mm-hmm. and the dead grass and yeah, like we can we can lay something down over here. Yeah, like that's, exactly. There's, there's, it looks like there's enough room over yeah. there. One hundred percent. So we're yeah. in Denair. It's a hundred and five. Yeah, and we're doing the exact same schedule for like fourteen days in a row. And I had never done that before. It's wake up at eight or at seven, eat. We track from eight to twelve. Then we've got lunch. Let's and then go. We, and then we do perk ensemble. In the grind, yeah. And then we do perk ensemble from Love one to four, and Love then we it. do full ensemble. Full ensemble, that. yeah. So it was, and I, and it was, so it was my first time really experiencing that, yeah, for real. And uh, I got so much stronger physically and mentally as a result of that season. And I, on, I that was my first time understanding what it takes to be good, what the grind is. And also, you were getting stronger physically and mentally 
in the ways that were going to get you closer to your goal. Exactly. Like that was, I mean, yeah. and, and which is, I think a lot of when, when groups get set up like that, um, sometimes like their intention doesn't match what actually happens. Right. Right. But it was, it was, um, it was absolutely the right training ground for yes. you to, to get you. So you were on the right path. Um, after that summer, what did, how did your family look at you when you came home? Then? Well, that was, yeah, well, that was the thing, right? right? Is, is, is now I'm, now I'm doing, now I'm doing these groups where it's like, oh, like they have like coverage. They have articles about us and they have videos and extensive videos and, and you can see me very clearly and, and they see my involvement. And, and by this point, this is what, this is around the time when I started finding out about, um, one of my aunts, she like. So a lot of my family's in the Midwest, they're in Missouri. So uh, Blue Springs Golden Regiment is a very big deal out there. And they get third at BOA consistently every year um, when they compete. Uh, my cousins start getting involved. And I found out that my aunt wanted to march Vanguard and she had done color guard and all that stuff. So, wow. Um, how and cool is that? Yeah. So that, and I had never known that. And it wasn't until I started really getting it. And they don't, they don't know much about what we're doing because we're out yeah. in California. And so that was around the time when I started finding out about those connections. Here's what, can I tell you a really funny story? Just yeah. Super quick. Um, my, uh, my brother back East has a couple kids that were in marching band. Hmm. They had no idea that I had done it. Okay. Right. And, um, so we go back there to visit them and, you know, you know, my, my cousins, I mean, I mean, my, my nephew's probably 15, 16 or something like that. And I'm talking to him about marching band and stuff like that. And I'm like, um, he starts trying to explain drum corps to me <laughs> as if I don't know what drum that's corps is. Awesome. It was the best moment yeah. ever. Yeah. That's great. And then I was like, I was like, I was like, let me, let me stop you. I was like, I was like, I, was like, I march blue doubles. And he goes, Oh, <laughs> he's like upset that he didn't break the news uh, to you no 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 he's like he's like blue devils oh oh that's even better that's <laughs> oh, was perfect that's so funny it was he's like a, disappointed it was, it was a perfect moment yeah it that's was awesome. great well what, what's it, what was his favorite core um i forget i forget i mean it was probably like cadets or something like mm. that because because he's like a you know they're like east, east coast, coast people, east coast yeah, boston yeah. right something like that carolina um it is super helpful to know that um you know, for people that are auditioning anywhere, um, to realize how much more they're looking at beyond what you, what you sort of, uh, assume that they're looking at. It's not just learn the packet. How do I play play, paradiddles? Right. It's It's not, not it's not just that they are, you know, they're doing everything they can, especially with people that they don't know to evaluate what your potential is, who you can be. Um, are you, a pulse person, right. pulse pal person. Right. Are you, do you have the potential to be who we need you to be at the end of the season? Exactly. Not today. Yeah. You know? Um, so they're looking at everything, a, a wide scope of things and they're taking do it. sounds like they're taking into account things beyond what's happening there immediately. Like Richie's experience with you or yeah. his exposure yeah. to you. Because my audition for Vanguard, he was, he, and he's talked to me about it. He, that was a very big point for him in terms of his understanding of me yeah. and what my skill set was because he could tell that I wasn't experienced, but that I had a drive right. and that I, and that I had a knack for it. And that also he sees you at Vanguard cadets auditions and then he sees you a year later. Right. He sees me and during the season. He sees what you did. Exactly. With that information. He sees how you responded to the teaching. Mm-hmm. He see, he saw, cause you can extrapolate somebody's growth potential right. from like, 
This is how good they were this day. We know what happened in between. This is how they're good. How good they are today. Yeah. You know. Well, because I there was a very specific moment to me that I was I was very proud of of what I had done with Varen Cadets, but especially when um, some of the Odyssey guys like Andrew mm-hmm. and Tim they come up to me because some of them were at uh, at Pulse Power auditions that year, mm-hmm. and they come up to me after seeing like the full battery thing, and they're like, "What happened?" Yeah. They're like, "You're a completely different drummer." And it was it was really it really was that summer, um, but. I'm auditioning and I could tell that someone had gotten talked to because I was by myself and then out of nowhere, the three vets come up. So it was Mark and Timmy and Spencer and they all come up to me and I'm like, Hey, like what's your name? What's your experience? How old are you? Blah, blah, blah. And I tell them all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we all start drumming. Um, and they're just like asking me questions and I'm asking them questions and, um, I do my individual and I play like three things, which is a good sign for those of you typically like mm-hmm. if if you're unsure of whether or not you're doing good on an audition and they don't ask you to play too much at an individual, it's typically because you're doing well. Um, I didn't know that at the time, but, uh, I do my individual, um, and they're like, yeah, like you're having a really good audition. Just keep it up. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to the visual audition portion <laughs> and that changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a big reason why I was inches from getting cut in 19 was my bitch. My marching was just terrible. Yeah. You were stronger, but, but I just didn't have the technique. Right. I didn't have, I didn't have the technical facility. Like Mm -hmm. I had the strength ish. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did not have the cardio. Um, was it the choreo? Do you have a hard time with the choreography? I had had a time. I, the, the dance choreography, I think I was semi okay. I had dancing experience. I used to dance before I got into music. I did like hip hop when I was around like, like 11 to 13. Please tell me there's video of that. There is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's not going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> but there is video of it. Um, so the choreography felt okay. It was mainly the marching. It was it, it that was a big but I was on a smaller drum, three. I was not expecting to be put on three. I was auditioning for four and five. They end up putting me on three. Um for the audition. I make it through the audition weekend, and then they're like, Okay, well, we're actually looking at you for pulse, not pow. Because I told them specifically, like in my individual too, like I'm auditioning for pow. And then the pow guys kind of laughed and they were like, why? Um, and I kind of explained sort of what my thing was and everyone was like, okay. Um, and I didn't know what it meant. And then they told me they were looking at me for pulse, but because of my age and so many things, they were like, we just don't know. Like you being in high school, your lack of experience, we're not sure yet, but we're looking at you. I find out later that was mainly John. Uh, just being like, nope, because they had had a big, which is totally fair, by the way. Like, I have no... That's a, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Number one, they can get you in the program early. Really early. And it's just like, you can just, you know, imagine what they can do with you. At, for for years. years. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, we had, we had a similar situation when I taught OCI with, with Arjun, if you know who that is, who's a snare drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Arjun was 14, you know. Uh, when we I took him and we, we absolutely had that conversation again, double-edged sword, um, you know, uh, could he handle it physically? Uh, you know, him and even just like the mix, the social dynamic right. of him being so much younger than, than everybody else in the group, um, you know, talk to the parents and all of that stuff. But then we were like, man, if we can get this guy going this early, you know, then the sky's the limit. Imagine, mm-hmm. imagine the growth potential. Um, so all those conversations were being had. They were talking to my parents. They were talking to my band director. They were talking to my principal. They were doing all of it because they, they, they needed to vet me essentially because they didn't know. No one really knew. Mm-hmm. I mean, Richie could speak for me as a player and John could see that I could play, but, but he looked at my visual audition and then my age and like everything on paper. And he was yeah. like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Um, and 
I remember I auditioned for like another two weekends mm. where I was technically rehearsing. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Cause no one else was really there. They weren't really like auditioning anyone else. They were just trying to see if I could do it. Mm-hmm. And then like on a Wednesday I get a text. I, I texted Richie and was like, Hey, do you have any updates? He's like, Oh yeah, you made it. <laughs> he just like was so offhand about it. And I, yeah. I lost it. I was so excited. Um, and like you said, the social dynamic, that was a big thing too, because at the time, again, I wasn't doing much cause that's just not who I was. Yeah. I wasn't going out to wherever I wasn't going to parties. I wasn't, I was drumming and playing clarinet all the time. Yeah. It was all, I'm all lunch. And so you after were, school. you were a senior in high school. I was a senior. Yeah. Um, and so, and I had my, I had my really close group. It wasn't like I was doing nothing. I had my really close group of friends. I will tell you this at the time, this guy was super proud of you for making it. Cause I remember <laughs> him talking about you all the time. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. I appreciate it yeah. a lot. Um, and I remember specifically you like a lot of support from you in those early years, which was very, very helpful. Well, I mean, that's what, you know, when you, I've, I mean, I've talked about it before. We teach as a community and a lot of the responsibility we have beyond just any one particular competitive season is to, uh, you know, take care of our students in such a way as they they will they are able to go to somebody else, be you know, be handed off to somebody else, yeah. and thrive. You know, like that's that has to be in the forefront of your mind when you teach uh, in an area like this, where it's just like, um, you know, at a place where you know you're not the destination, right. you're just like the stepping stone, right? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, lots of support from everyone in my previous years, which was so great, um, and then. So I'm there and everything you said pops up of, man, this is really hard with school. If I get even a little behind with school, my, my weekends are gone. And by this point, I'm not as strong. So I'm coming off of the weekends and I'm hitting my bed and knocking out until I have to wake up at 7 a.m. on Monday. So it's like I'm not going to do homework in that time. So school was so much more difficult. It's part of the reason why I, I, I struggle recommending kids who are in high school to do independent I know how much it helped me and how much I learned, but at the same time, I also know how freaking damaging and hard, difficult it was for me at the time. Um, and and your parents were really, I'm sure, really on you about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, because that was the, that was their thing is like they were like, well, this is a huge time commitment. Your school can't suffer. Mm-hmm. It did. Um, if I'm being entirely honest, it was a real struggle. And I yeah. and and I was luckily I was able to work out. Um, a thing with my school counselor and with my teachers and they had an understanding and they knew the scope of it. They knew the, the gravity of what it meant for me to be in a group like that at my age. Yeah. And they were accepting of it and worked with me. Mm-hmm. So I got lucky. And if you're and for anyone who is involved in high school and is doing independent, you need to talk mm-hmm. <laughs> to your teachers and you need to try to work something out like that because you're not, there's, it's very, very difficult to figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of support. Um, but then also the social thing of I wasn't very social at the high school level, let alone with three age outs yeah. on a baseline yeah. and Emily, who was 21. Mm-hmm. And these guys are people that I had been looking up to. And then you had people like David Ramirez and Christian Blit Hansen mm-hmm. and Zach and Jamal and Cameron Ayers and Trent Gronwald and Whitney and all these people where I'm like, I'm hyperventilating showing up in the gym because yeah. I'm looking at them and I'm like, what is going on? Now, just, now hold on in the back of your mind. Were you still like, um, but yeah, broken city. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well honestly there, there was, there was the part of me that was, that was worried and my dad too. 
Because mm. he originally didn't want me to go to Pulse. Mm. Really? Because, yeah, because he didn't like the 2018 show very much at the time. Because right? uh, by that regarded. point... That's by funny that, that your, your dad like became such a fan that's like, no, I didn't like that no, show. No, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, and that was the thing is, too, is like now my parents are getting involved. Oh, yeah. So, so he had been going to all the Odyssey shows and all that, so now he's seeing all these groups and he's like... And he... It was so funny. He called RCC mm-hmm. from like a month before 2018. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. It's the craziest thing. But he was like, he was like watching all these groups. He's like, I don't know, man. RCC. He's like, your dad's great. Yeah. It's, it, it's I, like you yeah. know. It's I've had so many great conversations with him. Like during and it's, and actually even probably even more so after that season mm. at Odyssey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you know, see, talking to him, watching you in the lot. You know, with uh, at Pulse. Um, he and I, I don't, I don't even know if he told you this, but he and I had a great conversation this year mm. in the lot in Dayton. Um, I was, you know, waiting to film matrix and he just walks up and we ended up like chatting about you for like, you know, 20 minutes or something <laughs> That's like cool. that. It was really great. But you're, that. you're, I mean, you know, uh, incredibly supportive, yeah. but also like, Hey man, if he's going to be hanging around, he might as well, yeah. you know, like get into it, yep. you know, good 100%. guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he, you know, very involved. Um, but at that point I was just, it had gone through my head, but the opportunity of marching a world-class group like Pulse and I loved the uninvited. It was mm-hmm. one of my favorite shows of all time. Yep. And I loved. I Garden. wish they would, I, even though they're, they're coming off winning back to back gold medals. Um, so many people talk about how much, how much, uh, uninvited, uh, is like their favorite yep, yep. whole show. Um, it's like the stock favorite indoor show. I wish they would do that more, um, more of what that show was. Right. Cause I, cause I, per- and this is just my, my personal, yeah, no, you I, know, yeah. uh, you know, whatever, take it for what it's worth. Um, but I really feel like that show, um, plays to everything that they do really well. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. And I think, I think you can't, you can't deny how without even trying, um, everybody's like, Oh yeah, I love that year. Right. You know, cause it's really them doing so many things well. Um, and yeah, so that's just my little, and that, on that. And, and that from like an insider perspective, mm-hmm. that is what pow is to them now. Mm-hmm. So their, their understanding of the two groups and this started, I want to say in 2020, they weren't really telling anyone. And then in 22, they told the members of like it being pulse is the concept. Mm-hmm. Pow is the story. Mm-hmm. So Pulse being a little bit, a little bit more abstract, a little bit more avant-garde, avant-garde, a little yeah. bit more out there, because that partly is where the indoor scene is going. But also secondarily, from a creative standpoint, it's where they felt they did their best stuff um, themselves and the things that they enjoyed the most. So, and then they, the, the PAL thing, they didn't want to get rid of the story stuff because of how good they are at that. And there was something about POW and the way that that ensemble played and, and what they were historically known for where the story thing lent itself really well to the POW identity. So um, anyways, complete sidetrack. I'm going into Pulse 19 and I'm losing my mind because I'm just, I'm so overwhelmed by everyone around me. And then, and, that, and, and then before you know it, Vanguard auditions. Yeah. So like you were overwhelmed. You were trying to be like, can I even do this? Exactly. And then right? in December... Yeah, I get the first round of Vanguard editions. I get I get my first callback for Vanguard. Yeah, um, this is for 2019. This is for 2019, yeah. and every single weekend, I'm we're staging, we're learning something new, and it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And you're going to school and, and you're I'm, trying to graduate. And yeah. I'm going to school and I'm trying to graduate and I'm applying for colleges mm-hmm. and all like 
all, trying to figure out what I'm going to be doing for the next four years of my life at least. Um, and talking to my parents about, I think I'm going to do percussion full time. And they're like, Ugh, because I've been doing clarinet for so long. And, and that was scary for them as, as I'm sure as it makes sense to be, you know, um, it obviously it ended up being fine. <laughs> uh, the more I'm here, so it ended up being fine. Um, but yeah, so I'm doing all those things. And like you said, Vanguard editions are coming around. So I'm taking lessons with Richie and asking him a lot about that. Um, what that takes, um, I, cause, because I'm looking at pulse and I'm like, man, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. I, the first time we did our opener, I, like full run of the opener, I was, my heart was pounding out of my chest and I was so tired and I was like, how am I going to do another four minutes of this? Because our show was absurdly long that year too. It was almost eight minutes. It was like seven forty-five. I love that show. Mm-hmm. Such a good show. Yeah. Such an incredible, I'm the so green glad. table, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, divided we fall. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it's called. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but everyone knows, knows it's a green, green table, 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 show. table yeah. um, which is, it was such a, such a statement. That actually comes from a, a dance called the Green oh, Table. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When I actually looked at that yeah, on YouTube yeah, yeah. and stuff, yeah. Um, but so doing that show, being like, man, I can barely do this. I get to Vanguard auditions, and I find that I can hold my own better than I was expecting, because of Pulse and because I, I essentially had been in fight or flight for three years. <laughs> of every group that I was in. It was, you need to figure this out because you're the least experienced. You're the person that's been playing this the least amount of time, but you love it. So we're giving you the opportunity. So like you need to prove yourself sort of thing. So fight or flight at all times. And, and, uh, and I get to Vanguard and Vanguard auditions that, that was it. That was what it was. And it was all playing and it was my jam and we're sight reading stuff. And I loved sight reading. I loved being able to be like, I can show you that I know what this is and I haven't even had to practice this. That was like one of my favorite things to be able to do. It's why I practiced it so much. So I was constantly learning new stuff, trying to work on that skill of how quickly can I get this chunk to the point of where I don't need the music and I never tick it ever. Like not just from a perspective of like, Oh, I did a tickless run. It's like, how many times can I do a tickless run in a row? Can I get it to the point of, I don't even need a warm up and I can just play this. So that all that stuff played really well into a lot of the morals and a lot of the things that they look for in players at Vanguard, which is intense musicality. Sight reading is a huge thing. So like charts, Paul calls it like reading a chart. Can you do that fast? How fastly can you do that? Because during the season, we would put together a movement in a day. He would give us four minutes of music. We'd get a subs block and a battery block, and then we're in ensemble. So that and that was it. And the expectation is like you have it memorized by that point. So they look for those skills. So I was I was like a, a fish in water. I loved it so much and was and just could not get enough of it. I didn't make it, <laughs> um, but they told me they were like, well, like you did well um, in the audition. Blah blah blah. You're young. Come back please come back. Um, and that to me was a good sign. You didn't think about going to troopers. I, that's the funny thing. So I sit down and I say that because let's like, and no, this, yeah, might, yeah. this might sound bad. It's like the inside joke is like troopers is the feeder core for Vanguard, but the, like the guys in the troopers line, they don't want to, they don't want to hear that. But well, it's like, yeah, yeah well in, in, in a lot of ways, it, in, in a lot of ways it is for a lot of those guys because it's where they go to play Paul's stuff. I think who refer, I can't remember who referred to it, but they called it the church of Paul is the troopers percussion section because you learn the same stuff and you're playing the same music. So it's like, why not? 
I sit down after being cut. Like they talk to me. I'm watching the what was now the 2019 Vanguard baseline play. And I get a message from Johnny Green of like, you have a spot of troopers. Just let me know if you can do it. Um, I ended up deciding not to do it for college purposes. And that was a, that was a joint decision between me and my parents and how hard my senior year was between doing pulse in school and how close that was to turning into a train wreck and kind of throwing me off the rails. Maybe, Um, maybe a, uh, a good thing, a blessing in disguise. No, like it gave you actually, like a little bit of a buffer where you could you could get caught up, recharge, 100%. get more stable. Yeah, and 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 there's and there's always the part a, of a, me a tactical pause. Yes, yeah, a hundred percent. It's a very good way of putting it because every time I look at the nineteen line, there's always that that part of me that's just like, mm. man, like I wish sure. one tear but comes down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that oh god, that base book was so cool, yeah. and those guys are so cool. Hey, that was a killer line. Oh, yeah, and let's so face good. it. And, uh, but at the same time, I feel like if I had gone into Vanguard after my senior year and then gone into college and then gone into COVID, I would have been a nightmare. So that summer being able to relax and take a breather was a hundred percent the right move without a doubt. Um, do you go to, do you go to shows that that year? Do you go mm -hmm. to finals or anything? No, I went to Oceanside and, and Pasadena. Uh, so like the, the PC home show and, uh, Rose Bowl for those of you that don't know. Um, and, and, uh, you know, just backing up for one quick second, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, you guys had a pretty successful oh, season yeah. at pulse. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, that was the year that broken city <laughs> yeah. ended up, but it was close. It was like a 10th of a point, right? Yeah. And, and, and I mean that ensemble like executed the heck out of that show. Yeah. And, 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 and the funny thing is like, I look for a long time. Up and honestly, up until this year, I could only watch that performance as I was now. So I would look at myself and be like, "Man, I am struggling." Mm-hmm. You're talking 2019. Yeah, oh, I, would, wow. I, would, I would look at my 2019 self and be like, "Man, like his posture is bad, his technique is weird." Like all those, all the things were because I was so focused on self improvement um, for so long. So I would look at that and be like, "Okay, well, I got to make sure I'm not doing that now." <laughs> which is the funny thing. Now I can look back on it and be like, holy crap, like I did that. Yeah. And I, I was I was 17 when I made the line. And I turned 18 in December of that season. So I was, but I was young. Um, so I'm proud of what I was able to do. I'm proud of what that ensemble did. You should be. Um, thank you. That, that show was really cool. It was really intense. I mean, I always say we had like two closers in one because we had the whole 186 section that I already was winded. Mm-hmm. And then John was like, all right, 210. Him and Ian, freaking mm-hmm. mad scientists, um, all the way to the end. So And so let me ask you this. I mean, because you were even like, you had young eyes, like, like um, uh, you know, um, and we all know for all these groups yeah. what they look at, what they look like from the outside mm. versus what they look like from the inside. It's a very different story. You know? Um, you really, I guess, I guess it's safe to say you really enjoyed what it looked like from the inside. Yes. And to the point of like when the next, the idea of the next season came up in my head mm-hmm. of what that would even look like, it wasn't even a question. Mm-hmm. Broken City was nowhere near my radar anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was partly because I, I, I was, no, I was going to oh, say, yeah. yeah, no, you're part of that Pulse family now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and I was so, like you said, like I'm so close to these guys. Yeah. And also from a from an intellectual perspective of, I 
I got better and I started understanding bass drumming more and I realized, no, this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the important thing at the time. This is the closest thing to Vanguard. Yeah. In terms of bass drumming in indoor right now, this is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And this is where I want to be because right. of the people involved. Um, and that, was the, that, that group was the first time I had ever experienced, or I guess it wasn't the first time I'd ever experienced. I need to stop speaking in absolutes. Um, it was the first time I was aware that I was receiving unconditional love mm-hmm. and care from mm-hmm. a group of people and from people that were so much older than me. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I mean, that baseline literally like raised me for that year. They were, they were so, they were so caring. They were so honest. They were so careful and they were so, um, compassionate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I owe the world to those guys. And every time, every time I see them, that it, it's just like the immediate just family of like, there's never a dull moment with them. I can always talk to them about anything. Yep. You know what I mean? Like one of those. Um, so yeah, so that, that season was, we were successful and, and we did, and we did the gig and, um, at least playing wise, it took that baseline a little bit to figure it out. Uh, but we really figured it out in Dayton. We rewrote the second half of the closer solo, like, eight full bars, drill and music, first block in Dayton. Mm-hmm. That was scary, mm-hmm. but we did it. Was that the part with the chairs? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we had like, we had the moment where we used to be like all getting up on the chairs at yeah. different times. I remember and that. Stuff. Um, and it just was, it just, it just ended up not being what it needed to be. Mm-hmm. The moment just was not what, what it needed to be from a design standpoint or for the baseline. So we changed it and it was so much better from a design standpoint and um, for what the players yeah. Like what, what was, what was our strengths mm-hmm. um, and what made sense for bass drumming in general. Um, so it, no, it was, it was great. It was a good decision. Um, and we ended up doing really well on finals. Um, I'm really happy with what we did. So um, 2020 polls. Yeah. Uh, what was the state of the baseline? Like were there a bunch of uh, spots that year? Or? Yeah. So Mark Anderson, Spencer Mass, Timmy Moriarty, they all aged out mm-hmm. the previous year. And then Emily, for life reasons was not coming back. Mm-hmm. So, so all of a sudden you're the only vet. So all of a sudden I'm the only vet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 18. So I'm still super young and like inexperienced. And I still like, I, I've, I've got a year of pulse under my belt, but I don't feel like I've proved myself yet. Yeah. Um, I still am unsure of where I fit in the activity. I'm still am unsure of my, ability of my knowledge. There's so much more things that I want to know and so much more things that I want to learn and want to get better at. So I'm in that state of, okay, well not that 2019 didn't matter because it hundred percent did. And it got me in the door mm-hmm. and I learned so much, but me back then not having that awareness was like, I still, I still am not, I don't feel that way. Yeah. I'm going in and I'm like, Oh, like there's a, there are some people coming out because of how well Pulse did and, and people that had auditioned at Pulse before and and uh, with Joey doing Blue Stars, he, so he's bringing Brahman Zeba mm-hmm. out. She mm-hmm. did Dark Sky and, and was phenomenal there and um, was on two. Mm-hmm. Incredible bass drummer. So already I'm like, okay, there's some, there's some people coming out. Yeah. And then Ricky Garza, mm-hmm. who had just done Mandarins. Mandarins, yeah on three and I knew that he was incredibly good and he had done pow on two the, the previous year and before 19 and uh, with the fate of King's show. And I, and I loved the way that baseline played and had a lot of respect for him. So I was like, okay, like I've got like two people. And then Nick Cordoni, 
mm-hmm. is like, I want to go to Pulse mm-hmm. after seeing me there. And I was like, oh crap. And you know, I was like, man, he just did Vanguard like, yeah. on four. I didn't do anything. Right. So I am sweating bullets. I'm just, I'm so, I am thinking they are going to cut me mm. the entire audition. Wow. Literally. Like I am, because I'm, because I don't, I, because I didn't know. Sure. I didn't know how that worked. I didn't know what that process was. And, and I, and I knew that. Pulse and again, had, still a young person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. And just like. And like, nervous. And, right. And you're not looking at it with your, the eyes you have now. <laughs> exactly. You're looking at it with I'm looking at it with those have. eyes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so the nervous, unsure of himself eyes. And so I'm like the entire time, I'm like, I'm going to get cut. Mm-hmm. I didn't march. I practiced a lot, but what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> In my head at the time, uh, which is looking back on, I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, and it's something that I would totally like assuage someone from thinking. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, and those people were coming out. So I was like, okay, well, I've got like some steep competition. I'm trying to make two. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole thing. Um, because I'm, I, that's always been the drum that I wanted to play for a whole handful of reasons. And, and faced with that, you yeah. know, re- regardless of whether it was reasonable to have that perspective, um, that was fuel for you? Or, or were you like, did you feel like you had imposter syndrome and you were defeatist about it? No, it was fuel. Which way did it work? It was fuel for sure. Good. There, was a, there was a moment, like during some of the Vision Audition portion where I was a little bit, I was starting to fall into a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, I don't, but I don't see them like they would, they would tell me yeah, and they weren't. And so I was like, okay, well I think I'm fine, mm-hmm. and, but it was definitely fuel to the point of being like, Hey, like I want to be able to show you more. Like, can we do this? Right. Can I be on this drum for this? Like blah, 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 blah. Going to Joey. And, and, and by that point, Johnny green, who was supposed to give me the spot for troopers is now on staff for bass drums. Cause Richie has left. Yeah. I love Johnny, man. Johnny's yeah. Yeah. such a good dude. Johnny is really incredible. Just such a good energy. Just so, I feel like whenever he was in front of the baseline, we would just all kind of do this. Like mm-hmm. the, the world would get smaller and, and we would, it would just only be about the thing. And I loved that about him. Um, just because of his energy. Cause he was so relaxed and he was a pulse vet and a Vanguard vet. It was like mm-hmm. everything about what I wanted to do. Um, they were super understanding and didn't get weird with me for a second, even though I was being totally weird. Um, and uh, the line, they're like, okay, we're giving contracts to all four of you. We just don't know what the order is going to be yet. So mm-hmm. we know who the line is, essentially. We just don't know the order. Um, by that point, Brandon Adamson is now open. Mm-hmm. Because he auditioned at RCC. I remember that. Um, and got cut because all of the... dude. The RCC 20 line was like, well, it's like, yeah, not just RCC, but in general, I was going to say, and I was going to wait and say it, but I'll just say it now. I feel like we had an enormous amount of riches bass drumming wise here in Southern California of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember seeing you guys and then RCC and it's like, this is like ridiculous. Yeah. And the, especially the RCC 20 line is like, no, they were, they were legend status, incredible. They did, I, they did not deserve those system blue drums. <laughs> by the way, by the way, though, not just Southern California, um, the Atlanta Quest baseline that oh, year. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for real. It, it was a great year for bass drumming. Um, it just didn't work out with him at RCC for a whole handful of reasons. Yep. So, but insane bass drummer. And then we're like, we tell him that we're looking for a bottom. Yep. And he's unsure. because I mean, he had just done a season on two at Vanguard. Um incredible person nick tells him who the line is mm-hmm. like the people involved and then he's like oh oh i'll go because mm-hmm. he because he knows yeah and yeah. um so he goes 
we end up setting the line the next weekend with him on bottom, Ricky, me, Bronwyn, Nick, top four. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the season where I started to feel comfortable in a good and a bad way mm-hmm. from a perspective of I got, consist- I got considerably better over the summer because I practiced a lot. Um, so then it was just a matter of me getting behind a drum again and getting on a floor and, and marching and playing and, yep. and that, cause I, it had been three or four months by that point. So before, since the last time I had done that, which was finals. Mm-hmm. Um, but by that point I was able to break a lot of bad habits because I hadn't done it. So my marching had gotten better. I was doing better choreography wise. I wasn't sticking out as much. There was a lot of things about it where I started feeling better about the way that I was doing things. Um, and the music was great. I loved the music in 20. Very cool had, show that year. We had Heck some yeah. great bass moments. Mm-hmm. I was really, I was honestly surprised by what John was having us do because, mm-hmm. because of, just because I know him and, and, and he, he typically go, tends to go on the, we'll make it harder later if you guys can do it thing. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the sheets and I was like, this is really hard. All was the that slow the, down. And, yeah, and, that's, well, I was just about to say yeah, that because yeah, I remember yeah. I filmed you guys at the preview show and I was like, oh, yeah, like you're doing, like the uh, the yeah the slowing down yeah. and like the stuff that was very uh, where the demand was like you know the tempo and everybody doing it at the same rate yeah. and like and, and for a baseline and for a baseline to be able to do that yeah. yeah so we were doing like all the metric mods it's like this tempo becomes this tempo because we're playing this rhythm and all these yeah. things and that was nothing I'd ever done but I'd always wanted to do yeah and so I'm looking at the, the page and I'm like man this is so cool um but I got a little comfortable, I feel like, in terms of the the drive to learn new things mm. and push myself not from like an outward perspective. Because for so long that had been done for me mm-hmm. of like I made a group and then I've always had people on me because I was the youngest and I was the least consistent and the least experienced. So that naturally happened. Yeah. But then in 2020, I started catching up. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't getting that as much. And John started trusting me more with things. So like I wasn't getting as much from him. Mm-hmm. And that trickles down. Mm-hmm. So we're doing great. And we're having a phenomenal competitive season. We're going undefeated. We're like, we're loving it. We love the show, the music, the, the visual design, everything about it. It's a bit more minimalistic than it was the previous year. There's a mm-hmm. whole lot of things where I'm like, man, this is really cool. I love the uniforms. The front ensemble was ridiculous because we had like four, four year vets or five year vets. Mm-hmm. It was wild. It was, I insane. think that 2020 season, it was definitely, it was going to be a fight and yes. it was shaping up to be like this fantastic ending at WGI. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and, but meanwhile, before we talk about that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah before we get Vanguard. Into mm. Mm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by that point, um, so Pulse runs, comes around. I'm now marching with Nick and Brandon. I had marched with Nick at Marin Cadets. He was mm-hmm. based two at Marin Cadets. I was four. So I knew him well. Um, I'm getting to know Brandon, someone that I looked up to for so long mm-hmm. um, and worshipped. <laughs> I mean, I, I, just, I, I just couldn't. I was like what, do you, like, what do you do? Like, who is this person? And he ends up right. being such a weirdo. Yeah. And just like totally go with the flow and, and taught me a lot as a result of that. Um, but yeah, so I'm talking to them about it and they're both like, we like 
hundred percent think that you're going to do it sort of thing. And then it was a question of like, well, what drum? And they were looking for a bottom because Jacob Wilson at the time, um, was not doing it for an internship, I believe. Oh, he, I thought he aged out. No, no, oh, his no. age out was 21. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. He was just out of high school when he made it in 17. Wow. Yeah. So he was super young too. Yeah. Yeah. He was like around my age. Um, Great bottom, ba- great bottom bass drummer. Incredible. Yeah. Freaking phenomenal. So there was like, they're looking for someone to fill that. You know what I mean? They're looking for mm-hmm. someone, they're looking for someone who can play bottom. They're looking for someone who's big enough to carry it and not die because Vanguard uses a 32 inch dynasty, which on the dynasty drums is not only 32 inches, but it's also four inches deeper. Mm-hmm. So it's wider. So it's even heavier. Um, so you need someone that's physically big enough to carry that. And I checked all the boxes, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and uh, I make it to that audition. I've never played... I haven't played bottom since my sophomore year in high school when I wasn't doing anything. Head's all wobbly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I get there, and I was like, this is not, this is not what I thought it was going to be, but I'm totally okay with that because mm-hmm. I just want to be here. Yeah. I just want to be here. And I remember like playing bottom. And you had wanted to be there for so long. Oh, for so long. And... And now it's like I had a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do the classic bass drum thing. Like they move us around a lot the first night. And then I'm told to look at the five parts, which is what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm doing that. And it is so hard to play that drum. I mean, those I there's that combination. I don't think people like and you wouldn't know because because Vanguard is I mean, it's so niche. It's like such a small, specific group of people that march there. But those drums are the hardest drums I've ever had to play on, just in terms of their response and trying to get the correct sound and, and how finicky they are. I mean, mm-hmm. you move, you look the wrong way at those drums and they don't sound right. Um, and they don't have rebound. And there was, so, there was so much about, and it was five, and it was the 32, and it was tuned, like all the things where I'm just like, man, this is something that I've never done before. But I loved it because mm-hmm. I was like, I just get to play loud. Like, this is cool. And it was Paul Book and... That year, the opener is almost exactly the same as what our opener was for this past year. Okay. So a lot of the beats were the same. Um, so I'm playing a lot of what I ended up playing on too. Yeah, like how much did you end up having to learn? How much? How far along did it get before? Well, we did. We made it through February camp, mm-hmm. but we weren't at February camp because of Pulse. There was a competition that weekend. So okay. we missed February camp. We were at January, which was call access. When we set the line, we learned the opener, mm-hmm. the full opener. Um, and like so much fun. So that was my, that was the extent of my experience up until that point. Um, playing with Vanguard was being the bottom, learning the 2020 opener, which ended up being the 22 opener. Yep. Um, and it being really hard. And I'm like, man, this summer is going to be so difficult, but I'm, I just want to be there. Little did you know. Little did I know. Yeah. Little did any of us know. Yeah. The, the, the rug getting pulled out. Yeah, from under you. yeah. exactly. So um, from your perspective, because we all, I mean, everybody knows, you know, what happened yeah. that, that season and stuff like that. Um, how did you just very quickly, how did you make sense of that? And like, how did you handle that? Because more than any, you know, more than a lot of us, you, you had a lot taken away from you mm-hmm. that year. You yeah. Know, not being able to march a full uh, indoor season um, and also um, having the summer taken away from you after making literally the season you make the group that you've been wanting to make forever. Uh, can you remember what sort of went through your head? Oh, I mean, I was 
I was devastated. Yeah. I think a lot of us were. I was, I mean, I was in shambles. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, it was really, it, I just couldn't accept it. Yeah. Because like you said, like that had been one of my main life goals for four years up until that point. Yeah. So I, I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I was really upset about Pulse. I was very, very upset about Vanguard. And then the, the uncertainty of like, yeah, the open endedness. Yeah. How long is this going to last? Yeah, exactly. Like, am I ever going to be able to do this again? Right. Um, Because these are your prime years. Exactly. You know, so that ends up turning into uh, two summers gone Mm -hmm. and indoor gone. Mm -hmm. So what would have been, this is funny because I sound like I'm whining, but what would have been five years with Pulse? It well, was four. But that's, but that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, and, and even more importantly, like, you know, like, like we said off camera, uh, what could have been three years with Vanguard with Vanguard ended up only being one. One. Um, so, I mean, we feel that. Yeah. You know, like that's a, there, there's a, I mean, you ended up, you know, I'm sure, I mean, hopefully, like when you, when you look back on it, you end up thinking um, you're happy. With, yeah. with the experience and all of that stuff. Yes. But we all know that it's a shame, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean... It's a shame for everyone. I mean... Like, literally, the for the entire world, that time was a was a massive tragedy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm just stuck at home, like yeah. everyone else, still playing drums. That was a very big... Like, practicing and, and learning things was a very big outlet for me. And I, I, I kept myself to it very, very, very heavily... Because I needed something yeah. to keep me sane mm-hmm. after losing all of that. And then secondarily of like, also my life is not moving. Yeah. We're all indoors. We're all stuck. So I ended up, I would be practicing for like three or four hours a day at least. And then there were times where I would go well into the night and like practice from like 6 p.m. to like four in the morning. Yeah. And just and, and, and just trying to get all of that energy out, trying to get all of that emotion. Right. And like the frustration and the anger and the sadness around surrounding all of that, um, because that is really hard, mm-hmm. and it, it it still is. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to talk about right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and I remember. I mean, we don't have to uh, spend a whole lot of time on it, but that's sure. part of the reason why we put together the marching blogs drum. Mm-hmm. Like when Sergio came up with that idea, that's what I was about to get to one of the sort of like main uh, intentions behind that was to get back something that we had all lost. Yeah. You know, and that, and that everybody really, really needed, Yep, you know? And I remember when I got the call, um, from Sergio, cause he had messaged me. He was like, Hey, I want to talk to you about a potential like performance opportunity. And I was like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Like, what do you, what could you possibly mean right now? Right. And, uh, and he calls me and he explains the whole thing. He's like, you're one of like two people that I've talked to. I just want to see if you would even be interested in doing it. If you think other people will be interested in doing it. And I was yeah. like, are you crazy? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I, so I will do literally anything you want me to do to be a part of this. Yeah. Because I just, I, man, I just wanted to drum so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that ended up being so cool. Yeah. Like the mix. Like it was, it was so weird how, so for, for people who don't know, that was a, it was a, uh, you know, essentially like in the middle of COVID we put together, uh, this group and, and thank goodness Sergio's head works like that, where he's always trying to think of these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But then we brought Glenn Crosby aboard, PC got involved, ended up giving us a rehearsal space and it is, you know, 
you know, drums to use yeah. their equipment. Yeah. Uh, you know, and also ended up facilitating a way that, that that group could give back to the community, all to facilitate uh, being able to get together, you know, and drum, yeah. <laughs> right? But then also this kind, this weird thing of like, let's what what would happen if we if we took RCC Pulse and Broken City people and just put them all together in the same group? Mm-hmm. Like, what would happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and what an amazing experience! I mean, from my perspective, yeah, right? yeah, I, I got a lot out of that experience. Um, and uh, I'm sure, you know, hopefully oh, you did as well. A hundred percent. And I feel so grateful and so like lucky that I got that call and that um, Serge was so honest and so uh, so open to me being, being a part of that. Yeah. And because uh, that, that baseline was so much fun to play with because it was a bunch of people that I would have had never had the opportunity to have played with ever mm-hmm. because of how different our directions were. And like same for them because right. it was it was Mako and then Aaron Human. Yeah. Uh, and Mark, Gilbert yeah. and then Gilbert mm-hmm. and then me and then Adrian. Yeah. Like a whole handful of people. All star baseline. It was, yeah. it was so much, it was so much fun. And, and all four of them, I mean, that was my first time really getting to interact with them in a serious way. Yeah. That was the best stuff. Like when, like, when we, like that one day when we all got, we got, we got all, we all got tacos afterwards yeah. in the park and everybody was just like yeah. hanging out and talking and, and obviously everybody's homies, everybody's friends. Yeah. Everybody's in the community, but actually getting to be around each other yeah. and do the thing together. Yeah. I thought was like a, a really amazing byproduct of, of that whole thing. And that yeah. was, and that was a hard, I feel like I got, I feel like I was somewhere in the middle between these two big waves mm-hmm. of people getting into the activity and marching these big groups because mm-hmm. there was their generation. And then I was kind of stuck me and Frankie kind of in like yep. this weird and then this past year, like right. 22, 23, this massive influx of new people into these groups. Right. So I struggled identifying with either of them mm. a lot, honestly. And and I didn't feel like I could really talk to a lot of those guys mm. during the marching vlogs thing until it concluded because I actually had that experience. Because right. when I started marching was when they were all 21 mm-hmm. and I was 17. Mm-hmm. Like, why are they going to want to talk to me? And that's understandable 100%. Yeah. And I, and I never, and I don't hold that against them at all, but at the time I didn't feel like I really could. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there was this weird, but it's, it's, it's interesting that you say that Jacob, cause like this whole like long journey, uh, for you as a performer mm. in this activity has also been an emotional journey, maturity journey, right. right. With, with, uh, how you interact with people, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, what you feel like on the inside you know, and how that translates to interacting with people on the outside. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and again, that's what, you, that's what that part of your life is about. It's about figuring out all of those things. That's why know? I'm so grateful for the activity and like as a whole. Yeah. So we make it through the blip as for a lack for a better word, the pandemic. They come was, back. Was the next thing that happened, the Vanguard. Oh, there was year. like, yeah, yeah there we was had a, the video, video, the 21 video. So we did that. Um, that was cool. That was it, was, it was four days. Right. So we, Paul sent us the music in advance, which is the first time he'd ever done that. And the last time I'll probably ever do that. Mm-hmm. Um, he sends us all the music and an MP3. So I practiced with that. Um, we show up on a Tuesday. I think it was, yeah, it was like Wednesday. We start rehearsing Thursday. It was Wednesday. We started rehearsing Thursday. We rehearsed more Friday. We recorded the, no. Yes. 
Friday, we recorded the audio. Saturday, we recorded the video. Mm -hmm. Sunday, age out ceremony. Mm -hmm. Leave. So mm. very, that was our season. That was our 21. Wow. Was this in um, Texas? Yes. Yeah. So this was, uh, the, all the percussion stuff happened at UNT. So all the audio that you hear was recorded at Apogee Stadium, um, which is why it sounds so good, like natural reverb, that yeah. whole thing. Um, on the UNT drums. Mm -hmm. uh, I played bottom for that. Uh, since that was like the, essentially that was the 2020 line, like the to be 2020 line right. outside of um, one of the snare drummer, one of the snare drummers, Callum, who I marched with the Cadets, he's from the UK. He couldn't make it obviously for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. So Eliana mm -hmm. Yamuni okay, ended up filling yeah, yeah. in his spot because she, her age out was technically 22, yeah. but she decided not to march. I actually don't know why. But mm -hmm. So she got involved, which was great. And then the quad line was an amalgamation of a bunch of people from a bunch of years. It was supposed to be six people. It ended up only being five. Yeah. Um, but a bunch of intense quad legends from mm -hmm. Paul, Paul Rennick years. Um, did any of those, uh, did anybody, like any of those tenor guys, ended up doing troopers? Because I remember, cause remember the, the, yes. the shortened... Yeah. Well... 21 summer no so none of the none of the 22 none of the 20 vanguard guys mm -hmm. ended up going to troopers okay. for the 21 okay but some of the 21 troopers ended up becoming 22, 22 vanguard. vanguard got it got that it. was the connection yeah okay got it um so we did that honestly cool video mm -hmm. you don't see the bass rooms very much but besides that it was a cool video it sounded great um and then we get into 22 yeah and then so. So you come back 22 yeah are you ready for Pulse? You're like, okay, I'm ready to get back into this? Well, by that point, we didn't know. Because it wasn't it until... It was still a little bit. It, That's it, right. It, it yeah, wasn't until like literally like maybe two weeks before we had auditions that they were even saying, oh, Pulse is an organization that has money and things that we can do. Because mm -hmm. they, weren't, they weren't trying to guarantee us anything for obvious reasons. Yeah. They were just trying to get the thing back up and running. And then it wasn't until a week and a half before or a week before where they posted auditions. So I was, I mean, I was, I was rooting for it so heavily. And I was like, please, 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 please. We got to figure this out. Yeah. And then we did. And thank God. Um, and auditions rolls around and I have no clue what the baseline is going to be. Brandon is all in. Me and him just moved in together mm -hmm. uh, by that point. He moved down from NorCal because he was going to Kelsey Fullerton. He transferred there. Um, so we're living together. We're both doing the baseline. We're like, who the hell is going to do this? Yeah. Um, it ended up being, uh, we do the first weekend. Daniel Arezzi hits me up. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey, I made a mistake. <laughs> I really want to march. Because he wasn't at the audition. Mm -hmm. um, and I had talked to him before and told him, we're looking for a bottom specifically. I think you'd be good at that. And he was like, I'm down. I just don't think life is going to be a thing. And he sees all the posts and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's like, nope, like I got to do this. Yeah. So he puts a lot of things on hold to come out and audition. He auditioned, he makes it. Frankie had auditioned for Broken City, mm -hmm. but that was the year that Chap and CJ, yeah. CJ yeah. Yeah. had come out for Broken City. So they already were having problems with like vets. <laughs> yeah. Let all, because True. Chap and CJ are absolute. Yep. I they're mean, beasts. They're powerhouses. Yeah, yeah. So how are you going to cut any of the four vets that you had from Broken City or Chap or CJ? Exactly. So they were already having conversations like, well, we'll take six. We're not taking seven. Frankie, I mean, Frankie, I unfortunately. I did not know that about Frankie. I didn't know that she went to so Broken City. Auditions. She had gone to Broken City. I found out that Chap and CJ were marching, and I was like, hey, so you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Chap and CJ are coming out. I'm not sure if you know that. If things get weird, let me know. Mm -hmm. Because we're looking for people 
and it'd be cool to march with you again because me and her had marched together at Odyssey. It was yep. how we had met. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on two and I was on three at that time. She was a senior high school. I was a junior. Um, so really close, really similar yep. experiences. Um, funny thing about Frankie too, her only actual audition ever was for Vanguard. Every other place that she auditioned, she either had gotten because she was a vet. Somebody hit her up or like she was available. Or someone had hit yeah. her up or uh, she was filling a spot. Yeah. The only actual audition she went to was Vanguard and she freaking crushed it. Um, but yeah, so I text her that. She gets cut from Broken City. She hits me up. She comes out, makes it. Um, one of my old students, Taylor Houston, ends up making the baseline on top, but she ends up not being able to do it because of family things. So she's gone. She's like out of the state. She has mm-hmm. to leave the state. Um, yeah, she was Chino Hills High School, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she was base two in 20. <clears throat> um, and so then we're like, okay, now we got to figure out. Let's talk for a second really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when, did you, when did you get asked to help out at Chino Hills? Oh, uh, that was me asking because I was so desperate mm. to uh, get experience yeah. and wanting to be a part of the program. So I filled in for one day okay. in 2019, my senior year okay. for Timmy. When he, they, they really needed someone, he was like, I mean, if you want. Okay. Cause he said it jokingly and I was like, wait, really? And yeah. he was like, Actually, I mean, that kind of makes sense. So I did that. And then I was pestering him just like, can you talk to John? Can you talk to John? I really want to be involved, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And to me, it was super nice. He talks to John. John asks me what I'm doing, asks me where I'm going to be living, that sort of thing. I tell him Fullerton. He's like, oh, that's actually helpful. I tell him I'm going like music ed. He's like, okay, well that actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. So he lets me be involved. Okay. So I started teaching the summer after I graduated. Um, so the summer that I wasn't doing, that's another like, sort of big uh, blessing in disguise was yeah. me not marching troopers allowed me to teach Chino Hills oh, okay. for the full summer because yeah. Timmy was had work and things that he couldn't do during the day. So there were a lot of times where it ended up just being me and Jeremy Riley in front of the Chino Hills battery. And yeah. that was it because Zach was doing things. Eli wasn't involved at that time. John had stuff that he was doing. So there were so many days where it'd be just me and Jeremy. That's, um, that's not a small deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, getting that perspective as a teacher, yeah. know, getting thrown into um, teaching high school at that level. Yeah. You know, it, it was, it was incredibly helpful. It was incredibly helpful. And then the, the second big thing with that program for me was when Zach was doing the 21 summer with blue coats. Yeah. They didn't have anyone. So I did, I was the full battery guy mm-hmm. for their full band camp for their full summer. I did nice. everything. And I did that for Gar as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so I was do, I did their full band camp. I did Chino Hills full band camp. And then I was the quad tech for Chino Hills for the 21 fall. Um, when you look at all of that, any big revelations, um, seeing it from that side? Uh, taps are important. <laughs> <laughs> honestly honestly oh, yeah. like oh, yeah. as a bass drummer taps are not unimportant yeah, yeah. well because as a bass drummer so much of what we play it's like well you you as a single person you need to balance to the full ensemble melodically because they need to be able to hear what the bass drums are doing yeah and you're a single instrument against nine snares and five quads and five marimbas and the whole the whole bag yeah. so you I was not used to playing that way. And I always, and it was always so funny because they would always give me so much crap about like, oh, you look, you play like the bass drummer, blah, 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 but like all these things. And it wasn't until I had to teach it mm-hmm. that then like logically it just started clicking. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you need to play that lower. Oh, you need to play that lower. Like all that, like so many, so many things about why they do things like upper battery started right. making sense. Right. So many things that I would hear and I was like, I mean, I get it, but it, well, I didn't get it. 
yeah. until that moment. Um, and that was really difficult. That, that summer was really, I got almost burnt out pretty fast because I did so much time. Um, and it was cool getting to work with John because Jeremy, the big thing was Jeremy Riley was no longer in the program. He was no longer, that was why they needed someone. Mm-hmm. It was like Zach was gone and Jeremy was gone. So it was like, holy crap, what are we going to do? Yeah. And I was available. So I did it. Um, yeah. Incredible, incredible experience. I'm very, very grateful to John for letting me do that. Um, because man, like I learned so much. I learned so much that summer. Um, okay. So then Pulse 22 baseline gets put together Yeah. and then Vanguard. Yeah. So, 22. yeah. So Vanguard 22, um, that was, that was a cool audition. Um, and you were a vet. Essentially, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of. So, but after not having a fielding a core for a couple of years, did they get a lot of people audition for Vanguard? Yeah, yeah there was a lot. There was a, especially the Texas audition. There was a crap ton of people, yeah. like sixty snares or something crazy. Um, they get a lot of people. They get a lot of the troopers guys. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of those guys end up making the line. So uh, the audition was super fun, intense, of course. Um. By that point, I knew that I was going to be section leader. I knew that I was on two going into the callback. So mm-hmm. that was all that was all conversations that had happened with Akira. Um, and so essentially, it was just trying to figure out who, who the line was going to be. So Frankie shows up, crushes it on one. And and me and her had, by that point, I'd done two seasons together. And I'd yeah. known her for so long. And I trusted her. And I told Akira all those things. And he was like, well, I just like the way she plays anyways. So that's great. So bonus. So yeah. bonus. Um, base through uh, bases. Five and four were at Troopers the previous year on five and one. Case mm-hmm. and Dameron, um, Gabriel Hartman, great dudes, both out of the UNT scene, um, incredible bass drummers, musical understanding and touch like I hadn't played with. And then we had Bo, Bavisset, high schooler, mm-hmm. senior, on three, makes, makes the vanguard, super green, but great touch again, like out of the TMEA, like Texas music education scene where they have them learning marimba solos when they're 13. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he had a lot of that experience. Great musicianship. Oh, incredible. I, I wish, I just wish, um, I wish the percussion education scene was the same way it is out here or out there, out here in California. Well, maybe, you know, it's on it. Maybe it'll be on. Its I, way. Think, yeah, I think we're on the right I, track. I think yeah. I, I'm hoping that it's on its way. Um, but yeah, so he makes it, um, and those camps were so much fun because I'm like, I'm doing it and I'm doing it on two and I'm doing it with Frankie and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm getting to learn so much from Paul and, and you had waited so long, so long, so long, you know, so long, so long to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that was, a I just, I just could not get enough of that. It was just so much fun. And I got to see the process of what we get, how we get it, how he writes music. Cause that's very specific to him. Right. And, um, like what you see on the page versus like how the way he wants you to play it and all these things in the editing process constantly Paul's constantly changing parts editing constantly editing and you just need to be able to do it mm-hmm. you just need to be able to roll with the punches and if you can't then like like his whole thing was we're not looking for drummers we're looking for people we need like the, the classic like we're not looking for drummers we're looking for musicians but on top of that of we're looking for people that make the people around them sound better so if you play in a way where you are sacrificing your own ego of the way that you play yeah. for the sake of the people around you, then like you deserve to be here. I mean, like, like 
the idea, I mean, it's, I, I just want to highlight that point just really quickly because a lot of, uh, you know, uh, percussionists coming up, they don't even realize that you can do that. <laughs> mm. You know, essentially that you can, that you're not on an island all by yourself, that you can actually uh, have this profound impact yep. on other people in the ensemble, other musicians, the people standing next to you, the people over there in that section over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you need to want to be able to do that. And then being a part of an ensemble where that becomes like, this is what we're going to do. You know, yeah. it's not just you just taking care of your own gig and that's the end. Yeah. Of, you know, and, 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 and to me, it's like a, a good, a good way to think about that would be like the centers, mm-hmm. like, like for people that aren't familiar with that concept of, of playing, playing in a way to help the people around you. It's like the really good centers do that. Mm-hmm. Like a, a really, a really great example, recent examples to me of, of, of a center heavily affecting the way the line plays is the 22 snare line for pulse and the 23 snare line for pulse. Mm-hmm. Zach and Lucas are yep. freaking monsters, mm-hmm. but they play in a way that they know is going to help the people around them. Yep. And it affects the sound quality and it affects everything because the 22 snare line was, I'm going to show you what we're doing. Yep. And so aggressive. It's like you're getting hit with a freaking ax. The 23 snare line was the Lucas of mm-hmm. like cool, suave. Like I actually don't really care what you think. Mm-hmm. Like that bite crisp sound yeah it's the way that lucas plays right it's the way that zach plays so it they were looking for that in everyone mm-hmm. of of a center's mentality of i need to play in a way that's going to make the person next to me sound better mm-hmm. because it's not about me mm-hmm. it's about the ensemble and sacrificing yourself to the ensemble there's a lot of humanity in that and a lot of just like connecting and and realizing that this isn't just you come to Vanguard and you play this really specific way. Mm-hmm. No, it's like like who you are matters. Yes, you know, a hundred percent. And and he would talk a lot about it too. And he and he would tell us too, like at auditions or at camps, you need to be yourself because we're not trying to take someone that changes during the summer mm-hmm. because we're going to see who you are during right. the summer. Right. That yeah. was a that was a big that was a big thing of of hey like this is going to be really hard mm-hmm. and you need to know that going into this. Because I want to make sure that you know how difficult this is going to be for you. Yeah. The um, gravity. Before we get into that summer, yeah. we do need to talk about that, oh, yeah, that 20, winter. 20, oh, winter. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to get into. I said, so, you know, you, you make it in you make it in a Vanguard for the 2022 season. Mm-hmm. All the meanwhile, the uh, 2022 winter season is going on, and Pulse is just comes out, and they're just on fire. Yeah, yeah. The entire line, it's like you guys are coming out with a purpose yeah. to pick up from where 2020 left off, and... Scorched Earth, yeah, you know <clears throat> that show. A lot of layers to it, mm-hmm. a lot of layers. Oh yeah, I could probably even still sing the whole show. You know? <laughs> but uh, that's how much I like I, I like that show. Love I'm, that I'm show. I'm glad. I'm glad that people like it. So you go through as you're going through. Do you guys realize just how good you are? Yeah. Or is it like I would say we did. Is it like oh man, we could do so much better? It was a well. It was both. So that was a big thing that I got from Zach mm-hmm. of. Uh, the, the constant, um, it does, and this is going to sound bad, but I need people to understand it from a perspective of not in a negative way. Cause it's going to yeah. sound negative contextually, but it's not, mm-hmm. it's never good enough. Mm-hmm. It's never good enough ever. Mm-hmm. And that can exist with acknowledging how good it is. Yeah. 
And, and, and that was a big, that's a big thing that I brought into Pulse again this year being the ensemble leader. Um, cause Zach was the ensemble leader the previous year and yeah. I saw how well it worked. Um, and so I, I took a lot of what he did and just kind of, and, and, and kind of made it my own and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, I, b- before you go on, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say really quickly, um, I have had to deal with that, um, with, with individual students. Mm. What, when you talked about this could sound negative, right? Uh, it's never good enough. Yeah. Right. Um, the, the message I always, you know, whenever, cause a lot of times that can be a hindrance that can be, you know, be literally you're just beating yourself up all the time because yeah. it's never good enough. And that becomes the thing that it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Um, the thing I always, uh, tell those students and, and to try to just remind them of and, 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 and let them know that, um, it's okay to never be satisfied. Yes, that's but, a very good way of putting it. But always proud of where you are. Mm-hmm. You can you can be you can be you can take full pride in where you are any given day. I'm gonna steal that. And at the same time, never be satisfied. A hundred percent. And 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 I talked a lot about that with the ensemble this year of mm-hmm. of it. You need to, like when you're in the moment and you're in rehearsal, you need to be going for everything and you need to be fixing something. Yeah. And you need there's cost there's the constant awareness there's constant self awareness of. Hey, I got this thing, but I didn't get this. So now I got to try to get both. Mm-hmm. But when you're out, you need to be able to relax mm-hmm. because otherwise, what's the point if you're not enjoying yourself? Yeah. Like, how are you going to enjoy how good you are if you're constantly beating on yourself? Right. So rehearsals were always about how bad we were. And then the kickback after was always about how good we were. Right. And it was a, it fed on itself so hard because we would go into rehearsals with the, with the aggression and the, and the confidence, but with the drive to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a big thing that the leadership talked a lot about, especially coming off in like coming off of the 20 season and everyone losing a lot of stuff. Zach and Eli losing their age outs. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. So they were so hungry and I was really hungry too, because I felt like I didn't do what I needed to in 20. Mm-hmm. I still feel because I'm coming off of now. It's like okay, well, 20 was gonna was gonna be when I proved myself. I haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. So we all had our own reasons of this insane drive, and this is the first this is the first real year where all three of us start being involved in the design process mm-hmm. of the features and writing those in conjunction with John, and and having a bigger role in terms of what the ensemble is doing, giving comments, stuff like that. That's not normal. Mm-hmm. for other ensembles and we forget that a lot at Pulse how that isn't a normal thing because it is so easy to mess that up mm-hmm. it is so easy for that to turn super toxic yep. and super gross and and it, it it's understandable why people don't take that risk yeah, and I it's get, like membership has to be all in on that though too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. receptive yeah. 100% and, and you don't normally get that the thing is we had the membership to be able to do that mm-hmm. so we did and we committed to it and it's now become a, an integral part of the way that Pulse is run of a lot of the things, a lot of the important logistical stuff, a lot of rehearsal things, a lot of blah, 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 was me and Lucas and Jay and Ethan and Andre and Minji and, and the leadership and Eli and Zach. So much so much of it was us. Right. But you get a new level of ownership. Oh, yeah. You're so much closer to the show. You're so much closer to what you're doing. Um, and I applaud the Pulse staff and John and Ian and, and those guys for being so open to letting us do that and having that awareness of like, no, this is not what we should be doing. 
this is what you should be doing. Yeah. Not from a perspective of like, what are you doing? But from a perspective of like, no, like take ownership. This is a good thing. Right. That was, we literally, we talked about that in the last a version of that. Yeah. In the last interview with cheese. I saw that clip. Was, yeah, the, yeah. The, it's not a me question. It's a, that's a you question. Right. And you're, and you're talking about that like on a whole nother level. But when, when you have it, when you have a membership that you can do that with, um, and therefore the staff can relax and, and try, cause as a staff person, and you're going to learn this, I'm sure you've learned it. You know, if you feel like you have to do it all yourself, that's, it's, it's a Draining. hard, hard road. It's awful. And when, and then when you realize, oh wait, I can trust that all of these things are going to be taken care of. You all of a sudden get freed up and, and the things that actually you need to be focused on become better by quantum leaps. Yes. You know, like it's, yes. it's, a. Uh, it's really amazing and like hopefully something that the timing of, of that happening at Pulse was right. But it then was. like you said, it can be something that can now can just become a part of the culture yeah. in the normal process. And that's the hope. And I'm hoping that we continue to like have people and have members that can take that. Mm-hmm. Because man, I mean, it was it was so helpful. And and uh like you said, I mean, especially in I feel like in the quality of the product. Because because of that uh, because of that um, that connection to what we were doing, yeah. and and it, it turns it turns from a question of we are doing this to almost kind of like a what are we doing, right? Which was so cool, so cool to be a part of, like having having our voices in well, the show like I, that. It's I love that I love that you bring that that you sort of have led us into mm. that that was what was going on internally because I think a lot of people will look at it from the outside and just go man. They played the heck out of that show. Right. But what you're talking about is almost like there was an intangible layer there mm-hmm. that we didn't know existed. Yeah. But that that hit that hit probably everybody watching. It made us want to like the show that much more because of something that we couldn't even identify necessarily intellectually, that's but we could stuff. feel. That is yep. that's the stuff that like that yeah. is the golden Yeah. The golden thing that, and, and usually, and, and and I will say, it's like there are a lot of designers that want to go for that. A lot of designers do that with their own work, you know. It's a believability but, thing. But when they can get the members, yeah, in on that, you know, um, and and a lot of places try, you know. But when you can really make it make it happen, and sometimes it's a particular year, sometimes it's a group that that, that can figure it out and and sustain it. Either way, the result is always like again, it's just like. It, it goes to another place yeah. and it's not know? without its difficulties right. there. I mean, cause there, it, that's the thing is it's not especially with that yeah. because if you're not doing that, then it's, it's, it's easier because it's like, well, they're a staff member yeah. versus it being like a peer mm-hmm. and that's a whole nother. So there were a hundred, a hundred percent. There were times where we would leave mad at each other yeah, because there is going to be, but, but the important thing was, is we had the people to go, Hey, I'm sorry. Let's talk about this mm-hmm. and both sides be able to take accountability in some way. Well now, and now it's, it's funny because now all of a sudden you're starting to feel things like you're starting to take things personally because your level of involvement is, yes. it, it makes you more vulnerable. Yes. And now all of a sudden you start to gain empathy mm-hmm. from the people who are like that all the time. Mm-hmm. The designers who are constantly putting themselves out there yep. on the page, on the notes, like, yeah, all well, of that stuff, and and when they, when people disagree with them, criticize them. Oh, we shouldn't do that. We should do this. You're all of a sudden being. Oh, 
that's what it feels like. A hundred percent. And and the cool thing about that process is now, like you look at the 22 and you look at the 23 show, not only do they have a different feel than Pulse has had mm-hmm. in a long time, but also a staff, I can tell you for a fact that a staff member and a member has touched every count yeah. of that show, yeah. which is so cool. I've, I've, there's, so, there's, there's, there's something about that. And, and again, it, it, I don't know that it would work everywhere and that's fine. Well, I mean, it's sometimes it, you literally have, it's like a generational thing yeah. where like you, you get a certain membership where you're like, this is the year. Like my, my, um, the first year that Scott came back to blue devils, um, we had that kind of membership and mm. they, and they told us, right. You know, they were like, we're not going to be pulling you along. This is going to be like, um, we are taking advantage right. of, yeah. 100%. of the fact that we have, we have you guys this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all that being said, even though it may have felt like a foregone conclusion, what did it feel like to win? Yeah. Oh, uh, wild. Yeah. It was, I mean, it, it was one of those things where I, I never, we never talked like, I mean, that's not true. We would talk about it occasionally over mm-hmm. the course of the summer or the season. Sorry. Um, but every time one of us would start talking about it, another one of us would go, stop. Yep. Yeah. Don't jinx it. Don't like, jinx it. Yeah. I mean, and, but like, think about like, you're going to stop working. Think, think about, think about Zach. Yeah. Right. You know, the last time he had one indoor was, was Chino Hills. Hills. You know, yep. and, 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 you know, those first couple of years at Pulse and then having seasons taken away from him. And then Eli never had, and I never had, right. and we had all that. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, so it was a perfect storm, but yeah. it's not only that you're winning for the guys from like 20 that didn't get a chance. Exactly. To yeah. 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 Too. Cause yeah. a lot of those guys didn't come back for yeah. a whole handful of reasons. Yeah. Um, but you get, yeah. So we were, we were super hungry and there was always the sort like sort of don't jinx, but also like, we don't want to talk about it for the sake of we have a job to do. Yeah. Also like we don't want to talk about it because that's not how you do it. Exactly. And, and, and that was a big thing in finals week too of, of finals day was we have another show tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We did that this year too. No crying, mm-hmm. no emotional speeches, nothing. We have another show tomorrow. This is semis. This is our semis rehearsal. Yeah. It's our semis show until we pull the floor out of the tunnel. Yeah. Like that's where we're at. And then we can let it go. So um, you guys win. Yeah. And then time for summer. Right. And you actually get to do the thing with Vanguard mm-hmm. with the place. Um, you would talk to me about it a little bit, but yeah. Hey Jacob, what was that summer like for you? It was crazy. I mean, it was, um, yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, probably the next hardest thing for me. Yeah. Next hardest season from, from, a, from a perspective of I'm only going to get to do this once. Yeah. Well, let's face it. You haven't done a full Drum corps. I haven't done summer. a full drum corps summer since yeah. eighteen. Mm-hmm. So there was a, there were so many things about it. It was like I I get to do a summer with Vanguard. That's amazing. I only get the one out of three. Yeah. Like so many bittersweet, just constant this constant like melancholic vibe to what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, but I loved it. And so how did you, how did you approach it? How did you go into it? I um, what was your what was your mindset? I dumped everything I thought I knew. Mm-hmm out the door because, mm-hmm. because I, I could tell from the camps because there were, there were, there were inherent, there were some, there were too many times where Paul or I tech or anyone would come up to the group and go, I would hear something. They would come up. I'm like, okay, they're going to solve that. This mm-hmm. is how you solve it mm-hmm. naturally in my head. And they say the exact opposite thing mm-hmm. and it still got better. Yeah. And I was like, 
Chi said the exact same thing. Yeah. He literally said Wait, really? <laughs> the exact <laughs> That's funny. same thing. And this is like, you know, yeah. um, the, the thing that, that Chi's had the benefit of, I, and I feel like maybe this is a, if somebody, if somebody like maybe non-Texas people go and march Vanguard, everybody's going to have this experience yeah. of just leave it all at the door, right? And open yourself up to how this is going to be. But it's going to feel initially, right? And part of what makes it so difficult is this is going to be like, your intuition is just like, what? It's gone. It's, it's, gone. it's upside down. Yeah, yeah, He literally, he said... My equilibrium is all over the place. The way Chi said it, he, he said, just like you said, you hear a comment, they say the exact opposite of what you think they're going to say, and it gets better. Yeah. And then that was when I went, okay, I, every day when I wake up, I need to dump everything and and just completely buy in yeah because i need to know i need to know what it is i need to know how they're doing this Mm -hmm. and every day i'm just going in just trying to keep keep myself from using my natural intuition to for the sake of learning um and there were so many times like i said there were so many times where paul would come up and he would say something and and part of me would want to fight it yeah and then i would have to go nope Mm -hmm. like i have to try because it works because why would he why would he tell me that if it didn't work yeah and he has so much experience and then it did and and then that was a completely different thing than me and especially me and Frankie like so much we're because we were the two Cali people in the in the battery at least um outside of a few of the symbols most of the symbols actually mm-hmm. um but the rest of like the drums were all UNT guys yeah or Remy and right. he wasn't UNT but 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 had done us. But he knows Vanguard. the process. He knows yeah. the process. He knows the thing. So it was it was a whole different it was a whole different deal than what I was expecting. And but I loved it because of the fact that it completely changed my understanding of what was going on. It was a whole new level of detail to bass drumming than I had ever experienced in terms of sound quality and awareness and using my ears. Um, tempo meant something completely different there which yeah. a lot of people make fun of that like they talk about like the oh they slow down oh they don't play like accurate rhythms and it's like but you don't know you don't know why yeah and i and i figured out the reasons why and again the, inside yeah the and, inside. And, and and just the way that the way that they think about things it's like if you're if you're fast on something a lot of times they don't say you're fast they say you're early mm-hmm because it was in relation to the rest of the ensemble. Yeah. It wasn't in relation to the Met. The Met is a ruler, but that is not our definition. It was like we would play. That was a big thing that like Paul would tell us about. It was super funny. That changed a lot of the way that I thought about handling myself in that ensemble was he would talk about tempo and feel. He was like, you don't worry about those things. You worry about playing clean. It's my job to worry about if the tempo or the feel gets bad. Yeah. Because if you guys are playing clean all the time, then you know what that feels like and you know how to stay in it. Um, he wouldn't let us hack. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't let us play by ourselves. We always had to be playing with someone. Yeah. We can never be hacking. We had to keep dirty sounds of our ears. There was like so many weird quirks that I had never experienced. Sure. That I loved. Yeah. And was so, was just so interesting. To me. I, I mean, and it's funny because, uh, the med is not a person. <laughs> yeah. It's not another person in the ensemble. Exactly. So worry about the other people in the, on- or stay connected to yep. the other people in the ensemble. Yep. And I mean, and that's, that's cool. I mean, like I, I'm not going to assume that that's, you know, what he's going for. But to me that again, feels very human. Well, it, but, and he would talk a lot about, but I honestly, I think so because he would talk a lot about like old school groups Yeah, and he would be like back. He was like, 
you know, like back in the day, if you pulled a Met out in the lot, they'd make fun of you. Yeah. yeah. Because 100%. why would why would you need a Met to play clean? Hundred yeah. percent. And so then he's looking at all these groups that are making fun of us for not playing with a Met, and he's like, "What happened?" Yeah. 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 Thank it's, you, thank you, Star ninety three. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a good analogy is like now nerds are cool, but back then, it, you know, right. it, It's all flip. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just it's just a complete shift. Yeah. But the cool thing about Paul is he doesn't care. No. Yeah. And he just keeps doing what he likes. Um. And like I said, it was just it was just something very, very different than what I was used to. Um, and completely colored a hundred percent my last season with Pulse and the way that I handle things as a leader, because I made mistakes over the course of the summer, of sure. course, because you always do. Um, but I made more mistakes that I feel like than I had in a long time because it was a completely different group of people than I was used to. Mm-hmm. From a completely different group of the country with a completely different understanding of drumming and people in general. Yeah. So different. So you age out of Vanguard. Yeah. Do you feel fulfilled drum corps wise from that experience? Yes. Yes. I'm going to say yes. There is always the part of me that's going to be like, I... I will say it for you. Um, Because Cheese talked about it. Yeah. His first year in Vanguard, very he described very similar to what you're describing. But he also described getting to march that second year, because he marched two years there. That second year... um, how much how much he got out of not having as much of a learning curve yeah and even though things were a little bit different the second year because that was also paul's second year there yeah but but getting to do that and be a little more comfortable that's what i wish is i i wish i would have been able to go into a season without that learning curve right Right. Because oh my god! Because everybody has to go through that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. then it's like only the people that get to march multiple no. years get to experience. Okay, now exactly. we got, got, we got no, that. No, yeah. no matter a how more re- a more relaxed season. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No matter how experienced I was going into that summer, there was always going to be a learning curve because it's a new group. Yeah, it's a new style. And then um, you know, and we already talked about twenty three a little bit, you know. But uh, it's funny that you actually brought up like your your quote unquote mistakes and like you know the the social dynamic and all that stuff again, right? Um, figuring out interpersonal, yeah, that that kind of stuff. That journey parallels this journey for you as a performer. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, now that you are, because we because we're running out of time. Now that you are fully fully aged out, anything yeah. anything you want to that we haven't talked about that you want to uh, say about your time as a performer. Hmm. I guess it's it's really easy to fall into the I I want to march this group because of what I'll get to do, mm-hmm. which is fine and gets you there, and that's totally okay and got me there, mm-hmm. and that is not a bad thing. But once you are there, trying to find more reasons for why you're why you're there because Mm -hmm. that for me was pulse Mm -hmm. i didn't get that chance for vanguard Mm -hmm. because i only got the one year yeah um which is fine and i freaking loved playing that book and i loved being with those people and i miss them so much and i miss paul and the entire thing if you're gonna go somewhere like commit fully even if you aren't sure like Mm -hmm. commit a hundred percent because that commitment to yourself and to the approach and to the people around you is going to give you so much more than the reasons that you went there. Yeah. Without a doubt. Because I got so much more out of Pulse than I ever imagined. Than I ever imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'd, yeah. Okay, your your member chapter closes. Yeah. What's this next chapter looking like for you? Yeah, so um, I actually had a recent update with that as well, too. So I am uh, I am teaching Phantom Regiment mm-hmm. this summer with Frankie, which mm-hmm. is hilarious because we just did three straight seasons together, and now we're going to be doing our fourth. Um, and I'm incredibly excited with that, with Cheese. Yep. So, like... Was uh, he the one that approached you about teaching? He was, yeah. Okay. I got a call from him. Um Super funny guy. I'm I'm really excited to like get the opportunity to actually talk to him. I haven't actually had that chance. Sure. On a different level. On a different as, yeah, 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 yeah. On a completely different level. Um and yeah, so I'm incredibly excited about that whole new staff from percussion entirely. Um so expect something different from Phantom. Yeah. Um I'm very, very, very excited to get I'm gonna be doing a lot of time with the baseline that's this summer. So there's that. I know that the uh answer will probably change mm. uh after the season because this is actually your even though you've taught yeah this is your first time teaching during the summer yes. at this level and stuff and it's going to have there's going to be all these experiences along the way but what do you hope um your students take away from this summer with you um partly what i just talked about mm-hmm. of of there is more to be had and more to be learned and more to be gained from these groups than what you're going there for, mm-hmm. which sounds weird, but is totally true because you learn, I mean, I'm a completely different person because of these groups without a doubt, because of the experiences, because of what I've been exposed to, the people that I've marched with and, and trying to figure out how to be a human in the process of doing all this, I feel like is just makes it that much richer. Um, and I just hope that like I stretch their brains, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I hope that I expose them to something new that they haven't, that they haven't heard, that they haven't learned a new, a, a new level of detail to what they do is always what I'm trying to do. I'm always trying to deepen the thing. That's the thing is like the, it's, it can, it can always be better. It's like, you can always know more. Mm-hmm. It's like, that was a big thing with the Chino Hills kids this season. Cause I had a, I had a small role in the indoor season this year and I taught them a lot in the fall, but I didn't really do much for the indoor. Um, and, uh, Every time I showed up, it was like, okay, cool. Like you guys figure that out. So now is this, and they were, they were always like, oh, <laughs> there was like, there was like, they're always like, there's so much. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, that's just what you do. And they, man, they crushed it. Yeah. I was so proud of them, but yeah. So hopefully just trying to expose them to things that they haven't heard before. Um, and remind them that you're not just drumming. Like yeah. You are learning as a person. So awesome. Well, I mean, we're excited. We Heck can't, yeah, man. We can't I can't wait, wait to, to see Phantom. And Thank see you. this next iteration of of what the, what they bring to the field. Yeah. What you guys, the uh, the cheese Wetzel version of uh, <laughs> Phantom, yeah, Phantom yeah, Regiment. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. I'm, yeah. I'm I mean, especially excited. especially after uh, we got to talk to Cheese last week, and we we got to talk to you this week. Um, it just makes it that much more like you know uh, we're that much more excited about it. Um, Thank you for having this conversation with us. Of course. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I've, I've always been like such a huge fan of this because I feel like you guys are just very real in a good way. Um, Thank and you. Yeah, no, of course. And uh, I, I'm very honored to be able to be a part of this. Yeah, man. Thanks. Definitely. Thanks for taking the time to be here with us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for everybody listens to this six hour podcast. <laughs> thank you to Mrs. Drum Corps Coffee Shop yeah. for yeah, being yeah. patient yeah. with us. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. ever see her in the lot, be sure to just, you know, say hi and and thank her too because she does and puts up with a lot to mm-hmm. let me do all this and everything else that that I do for 
social media and everything else, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And with that, you know, I guess we'll be seeing everybody next time. Be sure to drop a comment if you enjoy this and just let us know how we're doing. And if there's anything else you want to see, let us know. All right. Take care, everybody. Go Lakers. <laughs> Go Lakers. <laughs>